Welcome to Narnia. I'm Mr. Tumnus. Hey, give me back my shark, you goat bastard. I bet you that gets me demonetized on Spotify. But who cares? So this is episode 18 with James McBain from Hellripper. This is James's first ever in-person podcast, so I hope I've done it justice. Uh, we recorded this at Ben Nevis radio station, uh, and it's my first kind of professional environment, so it was really cool to do that, beautiful wee place. James was really helpful getting all this done, uh, like getting things booked and dates sorted out, so I feel really privileged to work with him in that environment. He's really, really nice to talk to. Uh, you'll find out we could have chatted for another two hours more if there wasn't a time limit, but so I'm glad we got to do it. If you like this, you will like episode 3, which is with Callum from Tyrannus, and you'll like episode 14, which is a couple of the boys from Coffin Mulch. I do have a couple more uh, death metal kind of Scottish bands coming up in the future, so please listen out for them. If you like this episode, please, by all means, like it, follow it, rate it, whatever. Anything helps me, it really does. And yeah, go listen to Hell because it's cool as fuck, specifically Mr. Sturworm, because it's a fucking belter of a song. So yeah, episode 18, and thank you. St. Anger songs live. I'm sure I've seen him do like yeah. a solo on France. They only play, they've started playing Dirty Window again. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. And then obviously I think Frantic always got a wee shout out every mm. now and then in St. Anger. But Frantic's a good I love St. Anger, the song. Yeah. And some kind of monster. That was the first Frantic. Metallica song I ever listened Is to. It? Yeah, <laughs> it was on a, it was WWE SummerSlam. Oh, okay, yeah, the, yeah. Obviously they always had like good songs. Um, and that was the like SummerSlam 2003. Yeah. And it was the, I was like, I love this. And then my, my dad's friends are Metalhead. And I was yeah. like, You like Metallica? He's like, Can I look at your CDs? The one CD I pull out, I can fucking master puppets to that side, ride lightning to that side. I pull it to St. Angus, like, What are you doing? And I was like, Put that back. You're going to take, <laughs> if you take that one, you take these other four with you. You know what I mean? One of those ones. But, yeah. uh, right, you could be starting, mate. Yeah. I'm Get cool. this on the go. Uh, right, James McBain, thank you uh, again. Uh, as we said before, uh, this is your first in-person podcast, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm genuinely very grateful that you're you. you're willing to do it with me. So I hope I can do this justice, and I hope I get things right, and yeah. it's not stock shit. Thank you very much for <laughs> having any sort of interest in hearing my shit. Am I to, to, to be fair, we just wanted to drive up to Ben Nevis, eh? so it was a good excuse. Mm. So. <laughs> Yeah, like we were saying, you got up here on the one day it's no raining or snowing or yeah. Baltic. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I always start the podcast with the same kind of shit, but I'm assuming you've talked about it a lot, but just a general background of like your kind of early times, like uh, what you were listening to when younger, what was getting played around the house, just a kind of quick summary, and then that kind of delves into everything else. Just Yeah, so I think... A bit closer. Oh, Thank you. Oh, yeah, so I think I got into music like when I was a kid when I um I, the first thing I remember is um in primary school we were made to sing Love Me Do by the Beatles for one of our teachers like got married or something so like we were like five and they were like oh it'll be a cool present for him sing it and I was like this is cool I really like this music the Beatles and stuff and I went home and I was like to my parents have you ever heard of the Beatles do you know who they are like they're like yeah yeah they're they're quite known 
and my dad had a bunch of like Beatles CDs and all that and he let me listen to them and I kind of just got into music like I just started listening to almost anything I could like get my hands on and I watched Top of the Pops every week um, sorry can I ask your age how old are you uh, 28 so you're 95 same as 95, me 95 yeah yeah yeah, yeah right, okay yeah. so same generation of what I'll be watching yeah. yeah so I was watching Top of the Pops and then I would get my dad had loads of CDs like he, he had like a Simply Red, The Police, Eagles, ACDC, um, David Gray was a cool one that I'm still a massive fan of. That was new at the time, I guess. Um, and I just kind of listened to that and Top of the Pops, and then I found the music channels, you know, Kerrang! and Scuzz, Scuzz and VH1, MTV, like whatever was like happening there. And eventually, like I would hear like rock music and heavier stuff, and obviously the stuff at the time that was big in the heavy world was like System of a Down and slipknot and all that and new metal yeah and i liked i liked all i always liked the heavier stuff i didn't i didn't know it was like i didn't know it was a different kind of music you know i was young so i didn't know there was metal rock pop i didn't know what it was and i was just like oh this is cool music it's a bit what was the first record that you bought or was given that was like right this is the first the table change the table turner like so the first one i remember like like getting for myself or getting my like my parents to get for me was by the way by the chili peppers which is still my favorite album of all time but i remember also getting uh like some 41 i used to get tapes like my mum would buy me like cassettes every singles and stuff every 99p ones yeah like every like however so often but i'd be like oh cool the new um some 41 singles out the new like or whatever and then it graduated to the single cd so i had like slipknot and whatever just all that and yeah and then just over time as i grew up I, a lot of my mates were a bit older than me and had more knowledge of music and would show me stuff and um i remember discovering a lot through them like nirvana um nirvana was a big one i remember uh the Nirvana Greatest Hits CD came out, you know, the black one, the black one yeah. You know you're right. Yeah, yeah. And um, I remember I really wanted that. And um, I went to Asda and they had one left. And my mum was like, oh, I'll buy you it next week or whatever, for whatever reason. And I remember I got the CD and I hid it behind like pillows or something like that. And I went back the next week and I found it. And I was like, yes, Gosh. just in case it was out of stock or somebody had bought it. Because um, obviously that was before the internet. Like it was just before like your lime wires and your um, whatever. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, or maybe maybe I was too young, so maybe that was before. But I was just too young to kind of know what it was. And uh, yeah, just over like so in yeah the early mid two thousands I guess. Then the the UK indie stuff happened. You know the Arty Monkeys, Libertines, Franz Ferdinand, all that kind of stuff and. Kasabian, oh. Do you ever get the NME CDs? Like the no, I never. Nah. I don't think I ever really bought magazines. To be fair, no, but it was like a greatest hits at least like two oh, or three okay, like a the year. compilation yeah, things. Yeah, compilations. Yeah, I'm not sure if I had like an NME one specifically, but I used to get ones like that had you know if there was a couple songs and you yeah. on it like if it said. So oh, we're chatting earlier on about there. the Kaiser Chiefs album. Mm. Uh, one of my first ones was I had like Kasabian Club Foot. Then mm. I had like Fratelli's on it. Then I had. Uh, I predict a riot, yeah, 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 songs like that. So yeah, all that stuff's great. It. So I was a massive fan of that, which kind of got me into playing guitar a bit more as well. You know, I was getting older and yeah, just try to learn Arctic Monkeys and. So when did you get your first guitar? First, I've got no idea. It was when I was, I would say maybe ten or younger. I mean, I've got no idea. I can remember it was an Ibanez RG. 
in blue, like navy, dark blue. Um, and I kind of played, but I wasn't really serious. Like I, I would learn a bit, but I got impatient and I couldn't really. I was into football and stuff, so I was playing football and uh, more than I was interested in learning how to play guitar and stuff. But then as I got older, I played it more and more. And then as I discovered and got more and more into heavier music, so when I got into Metallica and stuff, when I was about 14, 15, something like that, when the guitar was like really prominent and really cool, I was like, yeah, let's let's stick to it and see what I can do with it. And I remember learning For Whom the Bell Tolls, which is like, you know, like the slow Metallica song. And it took me ages to learn it, like weeks, weeks, months, maybe I can't remember. And like, it was so difficult because I never heard anything like that or played anything like that. Um, because I never got into like Metallica or Slayer or the old school stuff until later on. You know, I knew the stuff, like I was saying, like Slipknot and. What was the kind of breakout song for that? Like for the eighties generation of um, metal, was I, it like a? I heard for some reason, maybe it was YouTube or something, but I remember hearing "Good Morning Black Friday" by Megadeth, "Peace Sells" by Megadeth, um, "Blackened" and "And Justice for All." And like the next day, I bought the. Peace Cells and Justice and, and Justice for All albums and I was like this is I've never heard this is amazing this is the best stuff ever I guess because the guitars are so mad on those um, and that was basically me got into Metallica got into Megadeth then from there you get into Slayer Exodus Testament uh, whatever and again like at that time when I was getting into heavy music 2009-10 I guess when I was getting into all that properly there was around that time there was the new wave of thrash and the new wave of traditional metal so there was bands like Enforcer uh, Steelwing Skullfist Evile Gamma Bomb Warbringer um, Toxic Holocaust and all that kind of stuff and just b being on YouTube they come up in the related videos and so I discovered all these new bands that were happening at the time and so I grew up on a mixture of the old and the new stuff. Like, you know, I never really separated them. A lot of people, you know, are like, oh, it's not as good as the 80s or whatever, you know, oh, new bands are awful or whatever like that. But I never had that mindset at all. You know, it was just like, these are all things existing at the same time, which I think is the best way to be because, yeah, I can't, if a song is good, a song is There's good. There's no need to categorise it. Eh? Yeah. If you like it, it doesn't matter yeah, when it gets played or exactly, I don't, how, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't care. Like, if it's good music and a lot of these new bands I think are better than a lot of the old bands so I mean obviously it's subjective and stuff but yeah so that helped me get into stuff and just basically from there got into all sorts of metal and whatever through you know YouTube recommendations and all that stuff so there was the yeah just going through that and then getting into death metal like discovering Cannibal Corpse and Bloodbath and Opeth and whatever and then just kind of yeah from there going on and playing guitar more and more and learning more stuff and what was your first like like did you start a band were you not in like local things or like things that were already happening did you, or did you we, just like start yourself from yeah there was a few of us kind of in school like me and my mates were like you know we would get together we jammed loads of velvet revolver some metallica uh trivium stuff like that but we could never really find like a committed drummer or a committed vocalist or one member would want to do that. And like, I think we had the attitude, like we want to do exactly this, like 
And if anyone was like, oh, what about we do this? We were like, no, no, we want to do exactly like, you know, like we had our ideas and just kind of, I guess, like teenager stuff. You know, you want you, you want to do things a certain way and you think you can do it um, that certain way and you're not, you know, there was like three of us kind of had a similar mindset and none of us would kind of budge, which wasn't good. I mean, it would have been good if we listened to other people, but... Uh, yeah, so we couldn't. Uh, so when I say yeah, we couldn't find like committed people. It was kind of us being like we want to commit to each other. Yeah, ideas, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So a mixture of both, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, so we it was just jamming for fun, and we used to kind of record in our bedrooms. You know, like just kind of record like things using basically the same setup that I use right now. Um, just like yeah, I seen a thing on Instagram that you you've used the same, and it's not even a good mic either. It's just a mic. Yeah. Like a basic something you'd get at a cash gen yeah. your first your first startup. Yeah, I think it was like a twenty or thirty quid mic. I think it's okay. Um but I don't know the brand, I don't know if it's got like a particular brand or if whatever, I don't know. It just it's just worked this whole yeah, time. It's just an old mic yeah. that I got when I was younger and it does the job. <laughs> um, have you ever, you ever tried anything else or are you, are you um, cool with like the fact that it's been there for the start and yeah I don't think I've ever it's got some mileage on it I suppose I don't think I've ever tried anything else actually just because that's not the side I'm interested in if I've got like a good sound or whatever I'm like cool yeah. um, there's no need to overthink it is there yeah I yeah because I, I just can't be bothered like, I like the songwriting and the the layering and the doing that kind of stuff and yeah, it's, I'm not interested in technical stuff, like, for the most part, you know, sometimes it's necessary and sometimes different gear helps and stuff, but... So you're not, like, overly yeah. harsh on yourself when, like, you're, like, like finishing it off and trying to, like, decide when the song's done, you're not oh, overly no, harsh no. that it's, Oh, like, no, I am, I'm horrible oh, are you? in that way, but it's usually, like, for example, the vocal takes, you know, like, I'll do about five million vocal takes and, you know, get my partner in, they'll be like, all right, what do you think between these, like, five... And she, but they all sound exactly. I'm like, no, look on this one. I end it like, like half a second more. There's a breath at the end or whatever, and they're like, you cannot hear it. Like it doesn't matter. But I'm like very. I don't know if it's the same for everyone, but just because I'm in it and I know, you know, like I I know how a takes went. I know what I'm listening for. I know what I might have done wrong. I know what might be cool, um, that other people might not pick up on. Um, that same so, like I do a podcast I yeah. listen back and like oh I breathed heavy at like mm. 38 minutes or I said yeah too many times and just like and I'm like tell me he's like it's fine just fucking leave it you know yeah, yeah. so it's yeah so much critic power that, yeah that exactly shit. that's it and yeah I go through especially when I sometimes I can't get like a good mix or something because the mixing is not what I'm best at like the mixing and mass like all the production side that's a bit I'm still like kind of learning and I always will be learning. Like, it's something that I'm not, like, I'm not, like, I'm not the best. I'm not, like, you know, um, I just kind of like to have fun with it and see what works. I don't know all the technical side of it. I just kind of, kind of the same with music. Like, I don't know any theory or anything. I just kind of play what sounds good and do what sounds good. And, if, and then I'm trying to get a certain sound, you know, and I don't know how to get it. So it's fun kind of trying to get the sound, but it's also really frustrating because like, I can't get it and it takes a while. But yeah, I'm, I'm it's harsh on myself. Probably the best, don't know, when you get it though. When you get oh, it, it's yeah. like the fucking... Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it's overwhelming really good when... Like, self, 
pride, I suppose. Yeah, it's really good when it comes together. Like, I'm so happy. And a lot of the times it's when the vocals are added because that's when the songs kind of finish. Like all vocals the, always last. Vocals you. are always last, yeah. Um, usually it's drums. Then I kind of do like a, a bass track and then guitars. Then I kind of redo the bass track to fit more with the guitars. Because I use the bass to kind of... Um, when I add the guitars, like hear what they sound like, like fuller because sometimes the guitars sound a bit thin. What well, when I'm doing things, um, when I don't have the bass down or something, and adding the bass just makes a huge difference. So then I do the bass properly. Then I do like vocals and guitar solos, just kind of whatever I can be bothered doing at the same at that time, and rotating through that and adding extra effects, extra guitar parts, layering, all that kind of stuff, and. Yeah, kind of the same process it's always been, really, since the start. So what was it like, you said you were mucking with the pals at school and that, was, uh, so try to figure out your, um, the timeline of things. Mm. Was Ratsy Reality first or Lockhill? Um, when was that? So, when was Rats? I think Rats was in, like, the last year of school or maybe just afterwards. So would you say that was, like, your first proper... Yeah, so Rats was definitely the first proper stuff, like uh, jamming with pals and stuff, that was when we were like 15, 16, we just kind of, we never played any gigs or we never done much, but with Rats it was just kind of, yeah, me and my uh, mate Peter at the time were in the same class at school and we were into like same music, we were into um, like punk and crust um, and we we thought like, yeah, let's just try something. We can record something in that style in a punk, in a in a punk way, you know, like dark throw and do it like on their own, just the two of them and stuff. So yeah, we just got together. We recorded the first EP with, I think the drums were recorded with two microphones. One was on like the bass, I think, or one was on the snare or something. And then there was like one overhead. So it sounds very raw, very, very, very raw. and unpolished and but yeah. need to say yeah, anything less than that yeah we just wanted to get something out and then like just very soon after Clarky um we we just kind of met from we had just kind of joined the scene because we were kind of too young to join the scene while we were in school so the local scene in Aberdeen so we just kind of started going to gigs um around the time we released the first EP for rats and then um my mate Clarky we had just kind of met recently at the time and he was like, I'll play bass for you guys. And we was started that the doing Rats shows. of Reality EP? Yes, the yeah, first one, yeah. One. And we just kind of started, yeah, doing local shows and going from there. And then, when would that be? That was about 2014, I think. So when we were 18, 19. And then, yeah, Lock Howell and Hellripper and Lord Raw all came around the same time. Around just three the different ideas kind of thing. Yeah, so it was around the time the Rats of Reality thing was like happening. I was like getting into recording stuff on my own, like try to learn. And it was stuff that I didn't know anyone else wanted to play that kind of stuff. You know, I had Rats of Reality, which we played punk and crust style stuff at the time. Is Rats of Reality still a thing? No. Could it be a thing? No, probably not. Probably not. Nah, it's not what I'm interested in doing. I've got too much different ideas. I think everyone kind of moved on and everyone kind of had different ideas of what they wanted to do and I moved away and you know it was like kind of 
it was very much the scene was active at that time as well in Aberdeen. We all lived in Aberdeen. We all used to go to shows like two, three times a week. And we used to just kind of get put on shows like two, three times a week. Just, oh, we need another band. You guys want to play? We'd be like, yeah, cool. Get to go to another show. We get to play it. Like, So it's like free entry for us, yeah. you know, we get to play the show. Cal, you're, um, at, you're at the first gig, weren't you? The first gig? But uh, I was at Hellripper's first gig, but Sheer Ignorance played with that Rats of Reality. And um, was it the, what was that place in Aberdeen called? Is it Basement? Downstairs. Downstairs, yeah. yeah. We played for Rats of Reality twice and, and downstairs and once in Musical Vision. Yeah, that was, yeah. Downstairs was like the place where we... Were they quieter gigs? Like, obviously, you were younger. Was there, like, a falling at the time? Um, of like, cause obviously, if there's loads of your, your mates going to different, like, three or four gigs a week, was it all a lot of it metal-based and you were all... It was kind of a mixture of, like, metal and punk. It was kind of like... Because it was a small scene, it was just kind of everyone... Yeah. So there was, like, a doom scene, but all the doom people would go to the punk gigs and all yeah. the, a lot of the punk people would go to, like, these doom gigs and stuff. Like, it was just kind of a one scene, but with, like, different things going on in the scene, but everyone kind of just came together but it was when I got into the scene it was quite a few people like there um and the gigs were like rather well attended like at most shows like not just our ones but like and we had like cool touring bands you know would come like uh, I remember the Infernal Sea came uh, Conan came played downstairs the same venue like but then so yeah it was a it was a really cool scene at the time like um I mean, some shows would have no one there, of course, but depending on the day, you know, it's not, Monday nights and stuff like that are not the most ideal. But yeah, you would get um, quite a few people there and it was like kind of a cool close-knit scene. But then, yeah, the venue closed. Um, was there a lot of... I've never been to Aberdeen for like kind of bigger gigs. I've been to the, the Unit 51. Okay, yeah, I've never been there. But and I've been to Tunnels. Wrong. Yeah, yeah, Tunnels, uh, yeah. And I've been to like the Beach Ballroom and like the, yeah, yeah. the arena and all that stuff, but I've yeah. never been in like the, the underground... Well, they're closed now, yeah? Yeah, so downstairs closed like in right. 2000 and maybe 16, I think it might have been. So there's any other like and then kind of. Yeah, we kind of then went on to Musical Vision, which was like a rehearsal room, which was really cool and kind of saved the scene, but it was like very small. There was like a limited capacity allowed. Obviously, there's no bar, so it's not a venue. It was just a rehearsal space, so the scene kind of got smaller out of necessity, I guess, because you couldn't fit that many people in there. And the Musical Vision gigs were... were great like I enjoyed myself and it was a really cool place but you know it was like the same people turning up every time so there was no real if you're a local band it wasn't really an opportunity yeah progression yeah no opportunity to kind of expand the fan base and yeah then I think people less and less people started coming and um then they stopped doing gigs for whatever I think they also got a noise complaint or whatever um that's why the first event that's why downstairs closed they got a noise complaint and then had to that kind of was the final nail in the coffin. And then, yeah, Musical Vision was cool. But yeah, like I say, small. Then you've got the Moorings Bar, which has been a venue for ages. But um, yeah, they started putting on more cover bands and stuff and going away from the heavy stuff. Um, and I mean, like I said, I haven't been in Aberdeen for about six six years now. So I don't know what the scene's like. But from what I'm, from what I'm told, there's not much happening there's not really there's still people putting on the occasional show and there are still people in venues like captain toms and the moorings are still putting on like some stuff and and the tunnels and 
like they do put on stuff but it's just not as regular it's not it's as not what it was. yeah it's not what it was and i don't and like i said i i haven't been there so i don't know what it is like but just from what i've heard it's not it's nothing like um back when i was like part of the scene and yeah even before when i was part of the scene you know you had like bigger bands coming um i think mayhem played aberdeen and um, I mean Aberdeen's one of the kind of main cities I know but it's just so far north yeah. that it's almost if you're a touring band it's a pain in the arse yeah it's annoying to, I guess it's annoying to come up to Aberdeen and then and then yeah you can either go to Inverness or just come back down the UK so usually Scottish you know they stop in Glasgow maybe Edinburgh even UK tours these days don't you get a bloody Scotland show do they yeah I know yeah. shit um, I know bands now are starting to do like just 20 days in the UK, like, going everywhere. But even then, they're doing, like, one Glasgow show and then they're going everywhere in England and stuff. It's just, I think, yeah, I mean, money-wise, it's probably easier just to do that because, yeah, it's so far north. Like, I mean, Aberdeen's, like, three, four hours up from Edinburgh or Glasgow, so it's... Yeah. So then it's three, four hours back down um, to to Glasgow and then you've got to go wherever you're going and I don't know. Yeah, so it's... Never, it's not the most appealing place, I guess, for touring bands and stuff. But we did used to get, like, I remember Exodus came and um, Exodus with Lost Society. And I know before I was in the scene, there was bands like Worm Rot, I think, and Mayhem uh, were in Aberdeen and stuff. That was before I was like going to shows. But then there was some like you know like bigger bands like Iron Maiden come to Aberdeen every tour, yeah. every tour and. Um, there's bands like uh, Trivium came to Aberdeen uh, a few times, but it's kind of these bands that you know will draw. You know, Trivium are gonna attract an audience. I've seen Busted there a couple so of months busted. ago. <laughs> nice, yeah, it's class. Mean, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna draw for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it was like that, and yeah, like I say, the scene I think has kind of died down. I'm not sure if there's any venues opened up or anything since then, like. But uh, yeah, usually it's the same, like the noise complaints, and then venues are forced to shut. And yeah, yeah. So with that, with the uh, of reality, you did the art of de- oh, debilitation. Debilitation. Yeah. yeah, I'm so shit with words. Yeah, and then the obsequies yeah. EP. Yeah, yeah I so actually found a copy of the debilitation EP. Okay. I was doing research first to stuff like this, and I knew about Rats of Reality, and I, was, I messaged him. I was like, "Is this the right band?" And I found it was like some. Persian dealer on Discogs had a copy. Okay. I was like, bang, I'll take that. Okay, which the art of debilitation you said? Yeah, the, the, the tape s- one. Tape, yeah, cassette tape, nice. yeah. I don't know if that's like a kind of harder thing to come by. I was just no sitting idea. there, so. I think it's got maybe 200 copies or something. I've got no idea. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll um, get it. I'll get it in about seven weeks, like. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we kind of done like an EP a year at that point, um, just kind of writing stuff and recording stuff in the rehearsal room. Uh, so was it next? Was it Lock Howell? Yeah, so Lock Howell, Hellripper, and Lord Rot all basically started at the same time. Like I was just kind of Lock Howell is such a removed yeah. sound from the rest. Yeah, it's like a kind of I described it as dad rock in the car, but it's kind of like punky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not what everything. There, there are three all yeah. linked to each other. Yeah, but that one, if you weren't a metal, if you were somebody that couldn't stand heavy metal, you could listen to it. Yeah, I that guess makes so. sense. Yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, I'm influenced by everything. Um, so yeah, I had the Hellripper, which was obviously like Black Thrash and stuff, and I was in, into Toxic Holocaust, Venom, Dark Throne, all that. Lord Rot was Dismember, Entombed, Necrophobic, all that kind of stuff. And Lock Howl, I was really, I'm really into like Joy Division, Editors, Sisters of Mercy, um, 
beast milk, grave pleasures, typo negative, all anything kind of darker, even if it's the metal side, like typo negative and all that. And I, I had never really like sung before, and I was just trying stuff. Like I had some song ideas. I thought, yeah, I'll write some songs in this style. See what happens. Like just same process as Hellripper and stuff. You know, just in my room at my parents' house. Just thought I'd write some songs because I had all these ideas that I had written down and stuff over the years that I'd never been able to record and then suddenly I was able to record in a relatively okay sounding manner and so I just one EP for Lockhill one EP then an album Lost in the Static Lost in the Static um, then there was an album which had the four songs from the EP and four new songs um, and yeah that was really fun like I enjoyed doing that I've had stuff in the works for like a follow up for ages now like since oh so since that one's then. still live um I'm it not can sure. be if you want it, it's not. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I might just, it's an, at the time it was cool, but now I'm, it's annoying keeping up with loads of different bands. So I'm thinking that I might end up just doing it under my own name and putting anything that falls under non. Under James. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay. So, uh, I mean, that's just an idea. I've got no idea what will happen. But just kind of having anything that's kind of non-metal, non, you know. Kind it's of, good to get those ideas. Like, obviously, creatively you've got all this metal stuff for Hellripper and that but there's because you're yeah. uh, influenced by other stuff you'll have other like creative juices that yeah. are nowhere near that so it's good that you're getting out and you're not just like ignoring it and yeah. trying to like force yourself to write metal so I'm assuming not assuming but like I, I, I'm assuming that when you make this other music that's not Hellripper and that you're getting all that and then it makes the Hellripper experience more enjoyable maybe um I kind of enjoy it all, but yeah. recently, like before, when I was doing all that, I kind of had like a the idea that Hellripper was this, Lord Rot was this, Lockout was this. Yeah. But as the albums have gone on, and especially with the last album, I've been like, try can just combine all the influences into one. So that's why I think the last Hellripper album sounded a bit more diverse. There was ideas for Lockout that I had that I just put in the album. Ideas for Lord Rot, like I had like half an EP kind of planned with Lord Rot. And I think about sixty percent of that went into the new Hellripper. Into like, Warlocks. Yeah, into Warlocks. Uh, yeah, in some form, like a lot of the more like black metal or death metal sounding riffs, they kind of went into that, and then it kind of makes the progress for those other projects go back because you know I've just taken half the songs out and used the riffs for other things. So yeah, I've still got. Like, I still want to do, like, death metal and stuff, but it's just, I don't want to spread myself too thin. I want to make Hellripper or a project that I'm working on, I want that to be the best it can be. And if it means I'm taking ideas from elsewhere, um, then the other projects will need to, you know, go on the back burner. They'll need to, yeah, just whatever. And Hellripper will take those and be better as a result um, if I'm... If that makes sense. No, it does. Um, yeah, no, it does. So there is like, so Lord Rot is still a thing as well. There, it, yeah, it can be like, if yeah. you decide like, right, Hellripper needs a break for a year or two. Yeah, you could just work on that, and yeah. you're still you creating the same energy, I suppose. Yeah, and yeah. Kind of release for yourself, I suppose. Yeah, I've got like a folder full of thousands and thousands of stuff, like ten, fifteen different like band ideas 
But like I say, I just keep kind of taking them and putting them into the Hellroper context. I so. wish I was creative like that. would be so cool to have like that many ideas. And But, but I suppose it's frustrating because you're trying to... I mean, asking your girlfriend to, to decide between five vocal yeah. takes and <laughs> decide between 15 fucking folders and bands and all that stuff. It must be... Yeah, it's annoying. It's because I've got... Overwhelming sometimes. I've got like riffs and ideas and stuff that I've had since I was like, yeah, 13 or something. And, and they still get chucked about. Yeah, and some of them I haven't used, but, but I'm like... This You're gonna, quote, yeah. I want to, yeah. but I just can't find the right context. Like I've got a really cool part that has been every time like I start a new Hellripper album, I've got this riff in in a song in some way. But then it just doesn't fit in the end. So it's like I start like it's like these it's like a one and a half minute kind of piece of music that I want that I wrote when I was fifteen, kind of for for like a first band when we were like just messing around, you know, like Is just German stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like really thrash. It's uh, it just doesn't feel right. Yeah, it just it hasn't worked in the context because there's like loads of riffs that I've got, um, even for Hellripper, you know, and it's just it depends on the context of the song. Like it could be the best riff I've ever written, but putting in put in the wrong context, it it doesn't it just doesn't work. It doesn't sound good. Um, the same with like for example the bridge part in I the Deceiver on Warlocks, like the the rock the rock and dancey part that was written on the Black Arts EP four years five years ago five six years ago maybe um and placed in two or three songs since then and it just didn't work and it didn't work and it didn't work and then i put it in this song and it works and i it's good so, that you're like creative enough and you're you're stricting yourself in terms of you didn't just write it fits does it work maybe not but yeah. it fits so it's going to just happen and that's what yeah. we go with like, a lot of people just kind of admit defeat in that but it's yeah. good that you're sensible enough I don't know the word sensible but like you're you know I mean you know this isn't the right time for it yeah and it'll make sense further down the line yeah for a better use so. exactly which is annoying because like I'm like oh this riff is like the best riff I've ever written or something yeah. you know and I'm like it might not get heard for another 10 years like because <laughs> like, you don't want to you don't want to waste the riff on a song that it doesn't because if it doesn't work in the song you're wasting the riff it doesn't it won't be as good as as it is because it's makes no sense and it doesn't come at the right time. It's like a whiskey, whatever. mate. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it in a barrel long enough, it gets better. Exactly, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, over time you can like develop it and make it um, fit into the other song. You're like, oh, this riff was cool. It's not fitting. Oh, I've got a, bla a more black metal sounding song. What if I, instead of like, for example, like chugging this riff, what if I make it like trem picked and higher up on the on the neck, like higher notes? And then it works and in that and it improves the song and makes the riff a bit better a bit different and stuff so yeah it's just about constantly adapting and trying and trying a million things like each song i finish or each song in progress i've got like 50 versions of them like you know like oh after chorus one we'll go into this riff after chorus one we'll go into this riff after like you know just and then in 30 years time yeah. you do those big fucking metallica boxes where like <laughs> Disc one, yeah. I the deceiver. There's like thirty different versions. Yeah, You'll have that. Like sometimes, disc like, two, uh, store one. There we go. Yeah, sometimes I go through them like on, uh, you know, like live streams. I just play guitar on live streams and stuff, and I I click the wrong file or something, and then it comes up, and I'm playing these songs, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this part was on here. Yeah, what? Like, and sometimes it's like, why, why was that part ever considered? Like, it's awful. Like, it doesn't fit whatsoever. Um, and I'm like, thank. Thank God in the end that I <laughs> that I changed my mind and came up with something different. Um, it's one of those hindsight ones as well. Yeah, exactly. And like I've got 
a lot of them I notice when going through them it's um you know it's just kind of like piecing songs together like I've got half of one song and then it goes into ha another song and then I put them into two different songs in the end and it makes two good songs instead of one shit song <laughs> yeah um but yeah it's just yeah I enjoy songwriting I enjoy just coming up with stuff and trying different stuff and seeing what happens hopefully it's a good song hopefully yeah and the good thing is there's like no time limit which is a good thing and a bad thing i guess um yeah so because you don't you can overthink it forever yeah or never. so just the way i work is like i take ages to do stuff now like before when i was kind of new to things you know i didn't have any um what do you call it like i didn't have any benchmark i didn't have any you're not as disciplined to yourself yeah so i just kind of used to write something i'd be like cool that sounds good and then i put it out which i think made the songs at the start really really good because what i was going for was kind of simple straightforward punk um for hell ripper i'm speaking about like kind of metal punk kind of two three riffs per song two minutes per song like very in that vein um and just because i had nothing to compare it to you know it was like this is my first song i don't i haven't done anything else so this will work but then i'm trying to improve and make things better and i learn more stuff over the years and and all that so now i'm like oh i want to layer this part i want to harmonize this part oh what if i had a double chorus here instead of just one or half a chorus and then two bridges whatever you know just like song structure things that improve um well in my opinion improve people might think they don't but just trying different things and i didn't have anything to compare it to and back when i first started so it was like just kind of get it out there see what happens and now i'm a bit more like i take ages to do stuff because i'm like how can i improve this or how can i yeah you just make things the best they can be and um like that and yeah sometimes i work good to work well to a deadline but i usually just hate having a deadline i just kind of meander around things just kind of adding one riff at a time taking about yeah three years to do an album like which isn't ideal but are you yeah. you're on a record label no mm. are you i thought everything was done just by you yeah so i mean yeah so i'm on peaceville which is so they kind of do all the pressing and they take care of all the press and the um all that kind of stuff but i'm still in charge of my own shop like my Bandcamp store like i still send all the orders from there um I still record everything myself. Everything is my final say. Like Calm said, you've uh, got like a room in your house. It's just like a warehouse yeah. for a year. Yeah, merch so that, that. that's my studio. It's just like a studio slash merch room. So I've got all the stock there. I've got all my amps and guitars, and um, that's where my computer is. So I do all the emails and all the business side. So yeah, I do everything for Hellripper. Is done by me. We've got a booking agent who take care who takes care of uh, like getting live shows. Um, but when the live shows are booked and stuff, I take care of the logistics and all that um, myself. For the most part, sometimes it's done um, by others. But usually, I like to you know book, book the hotels and decide the route and decide what we're doing just because I like to. Do you like decide the supports? Uh, not not a big, a big not usually. No. Usually, it's the the promoter that decides. So like it's the, for local. Usually, usually, it's a local promoter that decides the supports. Um, sometimes they'll ask us like if we've got any preferences and stuff, and we give our suggestions. Um, 
but usually yeah, it's the local promoters that kind of decide the supports um and you and sometimes they kind of have an idea before they ask us you know to do a show um like they're like do you want to do a show this is going to be the bands playing sometimes it just really depends on the show um and then yeah, yeah we've got the label who take care of press the pressing of the stuff like the pressing the vinyl and all that and then like the distribution you know getting it out to shops and you know sticking it in hmb and all that kind of stuff that's you know stuff that i don't have the the capacity yeah the, yeah, the, yeah. yeah the contacts, contacts or the yeah, whatever so. um but i try and do as much as i can by myself because i like doing it. if i could do it all myself i would like yeah. if i could do everything um I, I enjoy like the whole thing i enjoy seeing every little bit kind of grow or work or um improve or whatever I enjoy every part of it um and it makes it better for next time too you know you're that one step yeah. ahead for the next release and next tour everything <clears throat> yeah exactly so yeah i like doing it myself which is just that's my favorite thing about doing hellripper just kind of it's what i do as a hobby it's what i do as a it's your full-time job isn't it yeah it's my full-time job so yeah so people say like how have you got the time to do this and i'm like i've got it's my job yeah like i am hellripper yeah, yeah. I do, it's like 12 hours a day like genuinely yeah, yeah 12 wow. like not not like non-stop but you know like basically i'm always i'm always on like people sit because i'm dealing with people from like america and australia europe whatever i Even get like eat. messaging you to get a podcast yeah. it's like really rapid at replying yeah, really I'm, like quick on it and yeah game for can try to work things yeah, out so for the most part i'm trying to i'm like kind of on at all times you know like i'm always kind of ready to respond to emails always kind of ready to answer something i'm always kind of you know deal with a whatever an order or fix something and all that and you're ideal to work with yeah oh, thank <laughs> you thank you yeah i mean yeah so that's why i've got the time to do stuff but with so much like over the past couple of years as well like more and more stuff's happening so we're, i'm on tour a bit more um which is annoying to um like you know respond to emails and stuff because i'm not always on at that time so on on tour you know like yeah I, I don't have access to my emails i don't have access to stuff 24 7 you know i've got to wait until the show's done and all the logistics are done until i'm back in my hotel or whatever like that so that's the sometimes annoying when you come you come back and there's like 50 unread emails and i'm like no because yeah that's another thing it's good to do it be switched on all the time because it prevents the build-up you know like if if you go away for a couple hours you might miss something and like um yeah there's so much things to respond to and you're like just getting through it um it kind of feels like less work when you do you it all the time it over the course of the yeah day, exactly just feels like, yeah. yeah just feels like life really yeah i don't know if that's what other people do like um but it's just the way i prefer to work and yeah, like I say, it's my hobby. It's what I like to do. Like, it's what my free time, I would be writing songs. I'd be doing music and stuff. So it doesn't really, it's what I'd be doing anyway. And it's, yeah, it's really cool that I'm able to do this as a job. I'm very grateful that I can do it. And, yeah, definitely, yeah. man. Uh, just to finish off the, I'm going to do it in columns of, like, each project. So Lord Rot, there was one EP, The Realm of Decay, and then a split with Violent Homicidal Slasher. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Yes, I think yeah. so. Yeah, um, I love that name, Violent Homicidal Slasher. Yeah, VHS. Yeah, we done a. I was I done some guest vocals on their album that came out this year, which was really cool. 
really cool just death metal like horror is that something you get still yeah um features yeah this year has been kind of do you do them all or do you kind of sometimes i just don't have time a lot of the time if most of the time i try and do them but a lot of the time i just i really have no time to you know recording is quite uh like i say i've got like there's so much business stuff to take care of like with hell repair and then touring more organizing I was gonna you say, know. do you have to be on like a like because the the music you make is quite intense? Mm. Do you have to be in a certain mood, or can you just turn on the uh, right? I need to go do no. a vocal take. Cool, I can do it rapid. Or do you for need to vocal be... for vocals? Yeah, just because it it's like a physical thing, so it kind of takes it out of me. Like the way I do things, um, like the vocal, like you know, it's like a physically demanding thing for me. Like it, it's it's like kind of hard Is it work. one of those things after you like right I need to go in the bath or I yeah, need to go I hate, to bed yeah. or something yeah I always take longest to do vocals and I always kind of spread them out over the course of a while like you know like I, sometimes I just do like a couple lines a day and stuff uh, vocal lines how did you get technique then um, did you just like I've got no technique I don't know what I'm doing I just kind of over the years have kind of improved that, a bit yeah, yeah. Um, you never like practiced you never did like not really YouTube yeah. tutorials or shit I've or, tried but yeah. yeah for the most part it's uh just doing stuff over the years um does it work on your voice do you like sometimes um do you blow yourself out it really depends sometimes i can get like if sometimes i can get the technique right and sometimes i can't a lot of the times it's like live when i'm playing guitar and i'm not thinking about playing doing vocals it's when i'm best like because you're not like, you're not putting everything you're yeah. not you're not putting your full brain into it and yeah, so, it yeah yeah i think that must be the reason yeah because i especially at the beginning my live technique and my live sound and technique and my studio recording sound technique was totally different and now i've kind of got them to a point where they're similar um but yeah um yeah vocals are my least favorite but yeah i try and do i get asked like loads like to do features and stuff and i try and do as much as i can and sometimes i'm like i've got no i've just got no time to do it you know especially because it's like setting up the recording and then like I just told you there it takes me ages to do vocals just because of the 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 physicality st- of yeah the, the voice, strain yeah. it puts yeah. me through um, um and stuff like that so and, and like some people you know like the schedules don't align they're like we need to have it done by this time and our uh, we'll be finished in a week and we have to have it done by like the next week and I'm like that's the one week I'm like away on at a show or something so i can't do it and but yeah i've done i think three four five things this year um um yeah that's good that you're like you're willing a lot of folk will just go nah i can't be bothered yeah but if you can do it you will and yeah i try and do you're it kind of giving back you know what i mean yeah i sense. guess so yeah i'm i don't know i like i i like to kind of do stuff and if i can help someone it's cool well yeah yeah help not giving back helping yeah, yeah yeah and if someone like if someone likes what i do enough to kind of ask me to be involved then that's really cool so yeah i'll do it when i can and if it's possible but yeah i've had to turn down a few and just sometimes it takes ages you know the dead like the deadlines and then i'm like i'll have it done by like next month and stuff and then something will come up it's like oh yeah by the way tour and then i'm like sorry guys i can't do it this month like i'm away um so i feel bad you know when you know i say i'll do something but it takes me a while to do it because i'm just got so much other stuff to do and and i do tell people i'm like i I can try and do it this month i cannot promise anything because 
I'm away for two weeks and then I've got the orders to deal with, you know, because the packing orders takes quite a bit of time and um, then if I've got any meetings and just just all the other stuff. But yeah, I try and do as much as I can. It's it's cool collaborating with other people because I don't collaborate with Hellripper like, since it's just me. So it's cool to kind of do other people's stuff, I guess. It's cool to work around somebody like somebody else's thing like mm. that you had nothing in mm. you've just got given something it's like you need to work around them whereas yeah. we're in, with Hellripper or Rats or yeah. uh, Lord Rot you're like full control so you yeah. do um, I will admit right so and see before I've kind of met you because of like your where you're at as like a as like a band member as like a, as a musician and like how like your fan bases and your reception and that I generally thought like maybe you'd have like a kind of ego in you but mm. you don't at all and you're very oh, humble about not. no you're not at all that's good to be you're, you're very humble and like the fact that you're always like like you said if I can I will yeah you know what I mean but a lot of people just like shoot it down like nah yeah. I'm too big for that the one thing I, I don't hate, bother the one thing I hate is when I say like I'll do something and then you and then but you genuinely can't and, and then you I let them down just because of the way I work like you know if someone says like like if if it's a guitar solo or something, they're like, they think I'm good at guitar, but I'm like I'm good for Hellripper guitar, you know. Like I can, I've got unlimited takes. I've I know what I've written. I've got a style that I want, and then they and they're like, can you do a guitar solo? I'm like, yeah. And it's just something I can't do it. You know, it's like, it's my, like a metal block. It's yeah, or the style of music, or like I'm like I can't I can't do it over what you've. You know, like the backing track you've given me, I'm it. I can't come up with anything. Like it's not my style. It's not, and I tell people that you know, I'm like, that's why I work on my own. Like I'm very, I know what I, I'm good at Hellripper type stuff. I'm good at what I write. You know, yeah. Uh, some of my solos and stuff, you know, like I, some of my riffs and all that are really simple for me. But I can't play most of Megadeth. I can't play most of Metallica, like stuff like that. So. I hate it when someone tell, asks me to do something and I'm like, I, j I literally can't do it. Like, you know, I it I cannot come up with anything. Do you get more vocal requests or guitar requests? Um, I think it's vocals mainly. I would have gone for um, vocals. Yeah, I think it's vocals mainly. I've had a few. I'm doing a guitar one right now for a band, um, which is cool. It's in a similar style, like metal punk kind of thing, so it works. What band is it? Um, I don't know if they'll... Yeah, like, it's a bit I, like February or something, so... Uh, yeah, so it's a band called Acid Mass. Um, yeah, they're cool. They release stuff this year and stuff. Um, yeah, I'm working on that right now. Um, hopefully, I'll have it done. It's like I say, I've been busy and stuff. I said, I said to them, you know, like, I'm busy, but I'll try and have something done. But in November, um, but it's cool because I've had like you know people asking me to do like kind of shred stuff. You know, it's like kind of shreddy. Um, not power metal, but you know, like your guitar shreds, mm -hmm. kind of stuff, and I'm like, I that's not, I can't do it. Like, you like it, but you can't perform. Yeah, it. yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm the technically best guitar player. I can play what I write, so I'm not gonna come up with something that sounds awful, make your song sound worse, and then you kind of feel like obliged to have it in the song, you know? Or yeah, because you've done it. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever someone like does it, I'm like, if you don't like it, that's fine. Like, if it like, you don't need to use it if you think. If it if it doesn't fit your song, like if you think it doesn't improve the song or you could do a better job, then like do that. Like I'm not annoyed. I'm very flattered, and I'm, it's very cool to be asked to do stuff and that people want me involved. And I try and do the best for the song. And if the best for the song is me not being in it, then that's yeah. that's like that's not a problem so to me. Be it, like, then, yeah. 
yeah. But yeah, like, yeah, it's cool doing that kind of stuff. So with Hellripper, like, you started that at the same time as other couple of bands. Yeah. What made Hellripper just, like, be the constant? Was it just the success of it, or was it just, um, like, that style, the Hellripper style you make is what the, yeah. you just wanted to do, and it's what you made the most of? A mixture of both, really. Yeah. Hellripper, like, Black Thrash, Black Speed, Thrash Metal, whatever, is the my favourite kind of music, so I think it would have ended up being the one I did most anyway, but it also kind of got the most traction, which kind of forced me also to... Did uh, you not go into it? You were just going to be a one-man band? Yeah, so that was just, yeah, yeah, out of necessity, really. Like, I didn't know anyone else that wanted to do this styles of music and stuff, so I was just like, I got a a microphone, I got... So you taught yourself the drums? No, I programmed the drums. Oh, for Hellripper, it's all programmed? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Because... I mean, various reasons. The main reason now, because I can, because I've got drummers and all that, like drummer mates, and or I could, you know, hire a studio drummer and stuff. The main reason is that because I change, like the way I work, I change things so much. Even right, stuff fortune trying to get yeah, back in. So I would get someone, like for example, if I got Max, who I think our current live drummer, who I think is one of my the best drummers. Like, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a great drummer. And uh, like we spoke about, you know, getting him to record stuff. But I'm like, like, even for Warlocks, basically, I recorded the full album, and then two weeks before it had to be submitted, I didn't like a song, so I deleted the song, recorded a new song, and I'm like, that would that wouldn't work, oh, you wow. know, that wouldn't work if I had a if I needed to. Did get you write an entire new song, or did you have it something was, in the background that it was you... kind of like something that had like. 30% done or something. That song's um, just gone now, you're not going to... Um, no, yeah. I'll rework it. Um, there was like just bits I didn't like, like the chorus or do something. Do you want to do like B-sides and anything like that now? Uh, I don't want to release anything that I'm not, uh, that I don't That's like. That's not right, okay. So I'd rather just keep it aside and whenever I come up with... Because uh, like, some of the riffs were good. Like I really liked the song, just there was kind of parts that I didn't. And I couldn't think of anything that um, improved it. Like, I couldn't come up with better stuff, so I thought... I'll work on another song that I, I was enjoying working on before, like at the same time, and yeah, that song, Goat Vomit Nightmare on the album, ended up being one of my favourite songs on the album, and yeah, it was kind of written in about two weeks, written and recorded in about two weeks, and if I needed to get a drummer, and book a studio and mix it and you know just all the all that kind of stuff, it would be a hassle. It would have delayed things. It would have took a while. It would have been difficult you know because it wouldn't have been the same drum sound so that's one of the main reasons i just like to change things so much you know even just drum fills because sometimes i change the riff or change a part or something you know um near the end like when i'm in the mixing stage so i kind of mix as i go so yeah like yeah just like that example there like it would be a nightmare hiring getting drums and i think and I'm happy with how it sounds. Like, I mean, yeah, I don't care about the, the program drums versus real drummer thing. Um, it doesn't bother me at all if a song's good. I, it's good. I thought yeah. that you being Hellripper, you learned the drums, you did mm. all the bass, you did all the guitar, yeah. you did all the vocals. I I do everything else, yeah. But, but I've not got a sonic, I'm not like sonically yeah. eared to figure that shit out. Yeah, I mean, even me, for the most part, like loads of bands, they tell me like, oh, this is programmed drums. I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't know. I, I just don't care. If it's a good song, it's a good song. I listen to like, like kind of electronic music as well. So it's not like a thing. I'm not like a true cult. Like, you know, like it's got to be, re- it's got to be recorded 
um, in this way. It's got to be so analog. It's got to be this and stuff. And a lot of the times, I think um, bands will record like real drums or record something in a in a way, um, just because that's what they want and that's what sounds cool. And I think it would have been way better if you recorded it a different, you know, like if you yeah. just, uh, um, like there's a lot of uh, um, real drum tracks that sound way worse than programmed drum tracks out there. Oh, um, and there's a lot of real drum tracks that sound way better than the, like it's just what you, it's just the way I work. I, I just don't care. Did like, it take you a while to like get the drum sound yeah. to how it is instead of making it, because it could have sounded like shit, but didn't, yeah. you know what I mean? Did so it take you a while to figure out yeah, so with each yeah, with each album, I've kind of like changed, uh, changed, and kind of tried to improve and stuff like that. And yeah, I think I'm at a place now, like, because even just programming drums, I think is a lot of people do it wrong. Maybe I, like even at the start, like I didn't, you know, like you'd, I mean, my first EP isn't even mastered. I didn't even know what mastering was, so I put that out just kind of manifestation of evil. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of put that out as it was. I didn't know what mastering was, and so I like programmed the drums how I thought they would which I thought sounded good and stuff and a lot of people you know you know like there's all these tricks like the velocities and like different hitting different parts of the drum and all that kind of stuff that you can program and I didn't really know about that and it was just kind of program it like this and see what happens sounds cool you know just kind of getting stuff out there which um yeah and you get loads of people you know complaining about programmed drums and stuff but I mean what what's more punk and black metal than doing program drums in a genre that <laughs> doesn't want you to do program exactly. drums? Um, that's the excuse I'll use. Um, but yeah, I You're just the ultimate care. rebel, man. Yeah, exactly. Nah, if it yeah, it sounds good to me. That's all I care about. If other people like it, I'm very happy. If people don't like it, fuck them. I I really yeah, it's fine. Like I don't like some music. I don't yeah. expect everyone to like my yeah. music. So it's just. Kind of, you can't yeah. please everybody. There's always going to be something negative that somebody won't like, and if they voice yeah. it, fair enough. They keep it to themselves, fair enough. Like. Yeah, yeah. So as long as it sounds good to me, as long as I've yeah. had fun doing it, as long as I think the end product's good, I'll put it out there, and hopefully people like it. If they don't, it's fine. Like I, I really, it's I really don't care if you don't like the music. It's fine. Like, um, yeah. Obviously, I want people to like. You're very it, polite but, about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, in, a, just, in a good way, like it's I'm just like, oh, because fuck I, you. who cares? But you're just very like sound and polite about yeah, it. You know it's, what I mean? it's not a, it's not a fuck you. Who cares? It's just I don't like some. Like if someone yeah. shows me a thing, I'm like, oh, I don't like it. I don't think mu music is, for the most part, is good or bad. Like people like different things. People like stuff that I hate. I love things that I hate. Things that people love. Whatever. I've got yeah. confused there, but so I'm not. Like, I don't. I don't like hold a grudge or begrudge anyone that doesn't like my music. If you don't like the music, it's fair enough. Like I, appreciate. Thank you for giving it a go. Um, yeah, I appreciate that you've listened. I it, hope maybe you'll like. A I don't think thing. the other type of artists would get like a lot of like negative comments on like social media. Do you? Yeah, loads of people like. Um, I never look for clout, so. Yeah, loads of people. Um, What's the point? I just I just kind of stay away from it. But you you know you get people that's just don't like the band for whatever reason, that's fair enough, but I don't, that's fine, I don't really, yeah. I don't, res I, I've got no reason to respond, I don't care if, like, uh, just respond with the way Hell Ripper likes this. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, um, I appreciate when someone, like, gives, crit uh, like, constructive criticism, you know, like, they say, like, um, in reviews and stuff, and they'll be like, oh, I didn't like, 
how this happened, like how you did this or whatever. And then you can look at what they say and then you can kind of analyze it. You go, oh, okay, yeah. So they say they didn't like this part on this guitar solo, for example. So I'll listen to the guitar solo and I'll say, okay, they've got a point. I can improve in the future. Or I can say, no, I like it. I that's how the song I, is. Yeah, yeah, I disagree. And then that's fair enough. Like you can either agree or disagree. And if you agree, you can fix it in the future. If you disagree, then it's just not to their taste and I'll keep doing that in the future. Like it's just, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm really not, when it comes to that kind of stuff, I'm really, yeah, I'm really kind of easy about it. And I'm, yeah, I'm just glad that people do like it. Like I'm appreciative that people like it. So when I say I don't care when people don't like it, it's nice when people do like it, you know, like I've, I appreciate anyone. Focus on the positives. Man. Yeah, I appreciate the fans and people that like the music and people that uh, leave positive comments and stuff. Like I'm very appreciative and grateful for that kind of stuff. Like it's mad to me that this nonsense I do in my studio at home and previously in my bedroom at my parents' house. As a full-time job that yeah, supports you like, and yeah, your life, yeah. And that people listen to me shouting about goats. And, <laughs> um, so I'm like, yeah, just in terms of that, yeah, it's really cool. I'm glad that I get to do music. I'm glad it resonates with people. I'm glad people come to the shows and buy the CDs and stuff. Um, and yeah, I appreciate that anyone listens to it in the first place um, if you don't like it fair enough thank you for listening um, yeah sweet I was going to go through Hellripper like the discography but mm. you've done a lot of podcasts you've done you've covered the majority of it I'm sure of it uh, so, so you've done a lot of splits as well with Hellripper mm. uh, a lot of them 7 inches anything like that um, I think they were mostly tapes and I think we had one 7 inch tapes are like the metal thing I like. I love that about yeah. it it's always, it's always a cassette tape yeah um, and they never went away they went away for years for like 15 years with other genres but yeah. it's always just remained the same yeah. like you had I, I, I look back at the that was a Lord Rot uh, Decay EP for 3 quid mm. you know what I mean that's yeah. class 3 quid you yeah know? I try and do big stuff. artists do like £13 for a cassette these days yeah I try and do I mean now I'm charging a bit more but I'll it's oh. just with added I'd be charging 3 quid if I could still um, it's just with added um, the more things you have to take care of whether it be hiring people taxes store fees um, VAT venues um some other bands you know have got like management or whatever you know whoever's involved like the more people involved the more uh middlemen involved you've got to kind of um up the price which so i try and keep everything as cheap as i can um sometimes it's not as cheap as i would like to but um everything's reasonably yeah. priced you're not overcharging yeah like, i try not, your records aren't like 33 pound yeah yet, i try I mean? and keep it um, your patches aren't like 20 quid yeah it's, <laughs> it's fine you know what i mean yeah yeah i try and yeah yeah i just yeah I'm, like i say, i'm happy people want the stuff and if i can do i try and do it at the most affordable price that makes sense um for everyone so yeah so we're finishing off a hill ripper the um What's next? Because I know you've got a gig in Newcastle. Eh, sorry, a gig in Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. That's like the kind of is that the last album show? Do you think that's to do heavily for Warlocks? Uh, or? No, we'll. Pr I mean, we'll probably be doing stuff throughout the next year. I mean, it's as only well. been out since February. Yeah. So you still, so, yeah, you could still get another, uh, yeah, another six so, months of. Yeah, it. it depends how long it takes me to write the next one. Um, you start writing. Yeah, yeah. I've got about I've got nine songs in like various thingies 
1300 folders <laughs> yeah so i mean it depends because a lot of the time i end up just you know deleting all the songs because i don't like them that's what happens all the time you know I'm so like, you just like rage quitting yourself basically yeah um i mean that's what happened with warlocks um i started i wrote about two three songs and i thought i i just don't like the direction this is going delete start again um but i think i've got these nine songs i'm sh i think at least most of them are kind of going to be in the album in some form so it depends how long it takes me to do that um but yeah we've got a bunch of tours and stuff like we're touring with um abbott and toxic holocaust in january um we're going to be doing some summer stuff um festivals summer tour summer festivals and then that kind of takes us from july up until like october um, you got like a designated writing time like no. do you or could you just write all the time you don't like yeah just kinda, you don't do like summer tour and then like the winter tours like through the no i just kind of and then january to like yeah. may you're like locked away you're not like that it that might help kind of just like focusing on one thing but it's not I, it's not your way of doing it's it. not my way i kind of get yeah i'm better at, at doing it in kind of short bursts i've realized um or if something or i realized at the start if it's as a distraction for something like i wrote a lot of the early stuff while while on like study leave and supposed to be like revising for exams and stuff for uni and all that so i um yeah most of the first album i think was written when i should have been doing uni work um what so, did you study at uni yeah i done a few years of computer science and then i graduated like computing it um yeah not my favorite um but yeah pro tools is kind of falls in that i guess <laughs> so i mean i'm lucky that when i graduated uni i that's when hellripper started kind of taken off yeah taken off so after uni i kind of focused on hellripper and then it kind of just snowballed from there and i i was lucky that it, it, it done well do you remember the first time you thought like this has gone bigger than everything else before and there's still it's like you, you know did you start noticing the snowball effect and you kept on um, these like opportunities kept coming up to you and you're just like it's how kind, you... it's kind of difficult at the time because it's just it's happening and i'm just kind of like cool this is happening oh cool this is whatever and then when i look back on it i'm like that was quite extreme that that happened was it a know? hindsight thing kind of yes because because I'm just like fully, like I say, I'm invested in Hellripper all the time. I'm like Hellripper like 12 hours a day. Things just happen. And I mean, so like obviously like when you get offered a cool show or a cool band uh, announcement or uh, a cool band offer support, whatever, however you want to phrase that, um, it's cool and you're like, cool, yeah, this is ace. And then you, for me, I, I kind of just kind of put it in the diary and I'm like, cool, this is happening, this is sick. And then I look back and I'm like, oh, it's quite mad that we played that show with this band and stuff like that but um your first live gig was only 2016 eh? for Hell 2016 Ripper. yeah for Hell Ripper. yeah and like our first like 10 shows basically were in Aberdeen like they were all basically except one we played in Edinburgh um and then we went to Romania um and then each year we kind of done more um yeah we kind of, and we started kind of taking it a bit more seriously in 2019 in the live front because the band started getting a bit more popular um 2019 with the black arts ep and then we had a little european tour and we kind of done some cool shows and then when we signed to peaceville things kind of started um like more offers started coming in and some press and stuff like that and that was really cool and then covid happened and then all tours got cancelled 
Um, so Did you feel yeah. like COVID? Not saying it didn't do anybody good, but like in terms of like creatively, you had no option but to be in the house, so you were constantly around the hell the hell ripper idea. You yeah. didn't have anything else to think about, really. Did that? Benefit the work because it was warlocks that got recorded. Uh, a f- uh, Did you do a f- so a fair? No, what happened? No, so it was actually like right in between. So a fair, a fair of poisons, yeah. That got recorded right before COVID. I think I finished it on like Christmas Day or something, like twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen, yeah. Right. I think I finished like got the mixes or something like right around Christmas so Day. So did that all get delayed from like pressings and that cause of COVID? Um, I'm not sure. No, I think Peaceful put it like had it. Peaceful had it all scheduled for release in May, I think. So it was all May, May 2020. Oh, nice. I think so. I think they even had some like, advertisements out in like magazines and stuff. Like, Did saying, you get it all out on time? No, no, we delayed it because we were like... Um, you want to do something special for it? No, Peaceful were just like, um, we don't know what's happening. Because this was like, just as it was starting, really, like, when did, like, the Feb- January, February, I don't know. I, I can't remember anything. But like, yeah, January, whenever COVID was just like, um, getting bad. And people were like, oh, this COVID thing's happening. Um, we're thinking about delaying the album for a little while till the end of the year. Maybe it'll get better. We're like, yeah, cool. We'll just delay things a few months. So we delayed it till October. And obviously things didn't get better. They basically got worse. And I was just like, yeah, we'll put the album out anyway. Um, we put that out in the middle of COVID. Um, and by that time, I was already kind of started writing Warlocks. In a, With doing that, uh, though, obviously you couldn't promote it the way you wanted to and you couldn't play it and mm. show people like your side of it mm. but in the same time though like i bet well i'm not saying there's an advantage of covid so i didn't want to, i didn't want to yeah. give it that kind of light but more like not nobody had something else to do so yeah i bet your album got up in as well folk were saving money by not going out so yeah i think more variants sold more t-shirts sold I think was there, so. was there um, a benefit from that do you feel i would say i would say it's kind of a mixture because yeah people kind of were forced to listen to music and stuff i mean i know i listened to more stuff and more podcasts and stuff and um at that time when there was like nothing nothing was going on um so i think in that respect it did like people were more likely to check out new stuff and all that um but but it also meant that that we had a big european tour or our biggest tour like then with midnight for like a month or something was announced and cancelled which would have got us out to a lot more people of course but we had never promoted an album with a tour so it didn't really it wasn't really a different you know like most most bands like established bands or whatever they release an album they've promoted it with tours and stuff and it's kind of the expected thing whereas like when i released the first album in 2017, I think we did one, sh- two shows that year or something, three shows that we didn't really promote it. With the Black Arts EP, we'd done a small, like, I think it was like seven-date tour or something in Europe. So it wasn't a big, massive tour. And so when I wasn't able to tour for the Affair of the Poisons, it didn't really feel like anything different was happening. It just kind of felt like this is the way I've usually promoted stuff in the past. So it's not... Did you get a bigger following over covid because obviously folk were on their phone i fallen as in like a sorry a social media format um, did that did you benefit from that because folk were just not away from their phones i i did but i don't know if that's because of covid because we or it could have been because of the poison yeah because i mean we just signed to peaceville which is which got us a bit of like light yeah and people kind of started taking us a bit more seriously because we we're on a um like a bigger label mm. um and obviously peaceville have more 
resources to get you in like press and just more resources, distribution, press, all that kind of stuff. And then when a new album comes out, you usually naturally get some for form of new fans. Um, so I don't know what um, I don't know if like the people being on their phones and stuff. Maybe that helped a lot, but I think it was just kind of a mixture. Like what usually kind of happens, just different things kind of combine and give you more of a following. And then yeah, just over over the years, we've kind of played more live shows. Or I mean, apart from the the 2020, 2021, we kind of, I think we'd done two shows in 2021. Then 2022, we kind of started taking the touring a bit more seriously. We had our first like long European tour. We had our first UK tour. Um, then that just kind of carried on into this year where we'd done uh, more tours and a, quite a big, like a long summer tour. And then next year is going to be even busier. Um, and then yeah, who knows what will happen after the after next year? Like just whatever happens with the next album, um, probably just kind of yeah, I just kind of see what happens. Yeah, yeah and I, I, I just do things in a bit bit of a bigger level. Yeah, I don't like to. Maybe it, maybe it would be better, but I don't really like to plan. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I kind of have like a vague plan. Like I'm going to release an album, and then we'll see, and then it's usually kind of let's see what happens. Let's see what. Um, <laughs> comes up, see what offers we get, see what because a lot of the stuff that has happened and the opportunities we've got and stuff like that has just came from like kind of random chance encounters or random offers that have came in last minute, random I think kind being, of stuff. Like I mentioned before, like being humble and being sound will do you favours yeah. as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like keeping friendly with people and <clears throat> do going an extra mile like yeah. and like you're very. I will admit. I wish it's something I'd like to do a bit more online. Um, you're very interactive with people, and that will yeah. definitely leave like a, an impression. Yeah. Like oh, like you shared. Like you put. You always if somebody tags you in anything, you put it straight in your story, and that yeah. means all things to people, and then that gives them a share, and yeah, you know what I mean. And by sharing that, like other people will find you, and that, and it's just yeah. I, I need to. I kind of want to do more like that. You, you you're very. Like, you're really really good at it. Is uh, yeah. is it something that you? You you put a lot of effort into it. It's just like naturally, you're just naturally good. Like, obviously, you said that you're held up for twelve hours a day, yeah, on and off. Like you're answering emails. Is that just part of the gig anyway? I think, I mean, it is. But I am very like like I say, I'm very grateful that anyone wants to listen to my music. And if they're like the music enough to even like a post on Facebook, that's that like that helps more than loads of people know. Like, um, it's mental. Yeah. yeah. So if someone buys something, like someone spends their money whether it's a, a patch or whether if it's an album or if it's a t-shirt like you know people choosing to spend their money on my stuff rather than anything else they could buy or whatever like it it means a lot like I appreciate that people like the band enough to help me and and want to have band merch band release like whatever you would call it so it's like I don't know it's just it's just natural to me that I'm, I'm a pre I appreciate people's support and like, if you like the music and you, yeah, and you support me in any way. Like I tell people, like loads of people, don't realize, you know, if you're not in the. The, music or create or or you know like biz like the business whatever, and you don't manage pages, you don't look at music stats insights and all, and all yeah, yeah insights and all that, you won't know like. 
you might not think, oh, a like helps or whatever. But like I tell people, I'm like, a simple like on a post, a simple share. Um, if you add it, add a song to your Spotify playlist, if you buy merch, every tiny bit helps, no matter how small. Like all of it adds up. Um, and yeah, like I say, I'm just a, appreciative for people's support and any, any, any method of support, how small, how big, helps. Um, I always think it's class how much reach social media has. Mm. Like if I get when I do podcasts and when the artist does share it, it's mental how much the numbers jump in. Yeah, that makes me build and grow, and yeah, then that's how other people discover their music too through things yeah. I've done in the past before. Exactly. I yeah, mean, it's nice. Like I say, as a one man band, I've never, I, I was, I never planned to play shows with Hellripper and stuff, and so my only way to promote myself was Facebook and stuff like that and if it weren't for the internet and and all that like I wouldn't be able to do anything because yeah. like yeah it's like word of mouth as well oh yeah stuff oh, yeah. like that and this is kind of how I find you um, I've been meaning to go and see Cam's band for yeah. ages and it just so happened that I was off on holiday that week and I had the Saturday free mm. got a guest list cool Watched Tyrannus, checked out the other two bands. I can't yeah. remember the other band were called. One did a cover at Iron Fist. It was fucking the brilliant. That would have been was it Devastator? Devastator yeah. yeah. Uh, and I was like, we're sticking around for Hellripper and like yeah. well, fucking fucking class. Thank you, man. Uh, yeah. And then as soon as I didn't have any money at the time, as soon as I got yeah. home, I uh, ordered the cassette off. Oh, thank uh, you very much, which man. obviously you get, that means you get the MP3 on Bandcamp, yeah, yeah. and then got a couple other things. Can you can chuck in a couple extra wee things in the package and that? It was yeah. all sound. It was thank you, man. It's just, yeah. it's just good that you're you're interactive like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and I try to yeah, like I, I try to get the orders done next day if I can. Yeah, um, I got it quite rapid. Yeah, and like. Which yeah, I try and do, and like some people, do, some people don't understand. I'm not Amazon. I can't do like sometimes like. <laughs> folk don't understand. Like uh, I don't think many folk will know where we are right now. But yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, it's not just a simple. I'll walk into town for two minutes to post a parcel. You have to drive forty five minutes. Yeah, yeah, and there's like, uh, like there's like no couriers here basically. Like there's two or three couriers allowed. So, on um, those roads, no wonder. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of the times, you know, like. Um, the sh the shipping is kind of annoying. I've got to sometimes I literally wait until I'm in Aberdeen or something. I give a bunch of parcels to my parents to to, to get to collected get, yeah, from yeah, yeah. from theirs because the sometimes the courier services aren't uh, don't deliver here or don't pick up from here, um, depending on the service and stuff. But yeah, it's like some people like after like you know one day are like where's my parcel and stuff. I'm like. Man, I'm I'm trying to um I'm sending like you're in America and I'm I'm in Scotland. I've sent it. Um, it, it might take a bit more than two days to to get to you. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, for the yeah, I try and send everything out like pronto. One yeah. one day usually. I usually try and go to the post office every day. Get a bit of exercise on the way to and from. Listen to some music and podcasts and on the way there and back and it kind of gives me like an hour of kind of inspiration it's or writing that, uh, yeah, time yeah, yeah like a lot of the times like i've said before to people like half my ideas like are when i'm like in the high street or something i'm on my way to the post office and do you ever do a yeah, voice notes on yeah, your phone I'll just yeah, be in the middle yeah. of the high do, 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 do. yeah <laughs> and uh yeah i showed i showed my partner the, the other day she was like oh do you do you do that and i was like yeah and i got one i can't remember what it was but it was it was like um just me like whispering into my phone, like passing people, you know, like going past pubs and stuff. And I was like, uh, right, 
Dark Throne riff. <laughs> da, 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 like that, you know. Um, so I can still imagine you walking like into Boots or something, like mm. singing about goats mm. and fucking witches and famine and all that. And yeah. all these like ladies are just trying to buy paracetamol. <laughs> yeah, I'm like walking past people all the time and sometimes they do look at like... I mean, it usually just looks like I'm on the phone speaking to someone, but if you kind of walk close to me and you hear me... <laughs> what, to the omen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you kind of hear me just kind of like doing some like Jack Black impression. Yeah. You know, like, da, 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 da. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, I try and get stuff sent out as quick as I can and all that. And With your, uh, yeah. your live show as well, we were talking about your drummer, Max. Mm. Uh, I was blown away by him. Um, during, I think it was Devastator, they were on second to you guys. Mm. He was practicing away in his pad. I was watching. It was mm. like fucking rapid, like mm. so. I think didn't catch fucking fire. Yeah. And then he came on. I've like I've been to like over two hundred gigs, seen loads of bands. By far, like yeah. one of the best. Yeah, he is. I actually, he was packing away, and I went. I shook his hand before I left the venue. I was like, yeah. "You are fucking minted." Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. He's unreal. Yeah, he's ridiculous. Get How'd you get him? Uh, I think he replied to a Twitter a Twitter post that I put. Like, oh, he used like an ad or something. Yeah, it was like five years ago. I just like lit, I put up on Twitter. I was like, I need a new drummer. We've got a few shows booked. Um, it hits it hard too. Yeah, and he yeah he just replied. He was like, because cause he's he's younger than us. I think so. I think he was what at the time like eighteen at the time nineteen, and we were. I think yeah, twenty four or twenty five. I don't know. But he was like, oh, I'm, I'm a drummer. I'm based down in Brighton, though. So, you know, he's like 15 hours away from me. So he was like, if that's a problem. I was like, not really. Like, we just need you to be... Like, we'll meet up for a rehearsal. And if you know the songs beforehand, then... And you can play the songs, then it's good enough. Like, to learn on quite quick. Yeah, within, like... I think I was like, oh, okay, cool. Can you send me a video of you doing these songs? And I gave him a couple of the fastest songs. And he within, like... I think it was within... The, it might have been the same day. I'm not even sure. But within like one day at least or two days, he sent me like videos of him playing that song, like that two songs, then an extra one, and then he threw in like a cover of Decapitated or something just because he was bored and was like, "Oh, I've done this song as well. It's quite a difficult one." I was like, "Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah." I was like, "Yeah, do you want to practice?" And then, yeah, we met up, and I was like, "Yeah." So, um, he was like, "Yeah." So you said we've got shows booked. I was like, "Yeah, first show's Roadburn." And he was like, oh, what? Oh, class. <laughs> and we played the Roadburn pre-party or whatever. And I was like, yeah, so first show's going to be there. Um, but then we organised a couple other shows around it. So we got a cool, like, small show as his first show, like in Brighton, um, yeah. on the way down to uh, Europe, um, which was cool. But yeah, he's an amazing drummer, really nice guy as well. I love Max. And I love all the guys in the band. They're all really, like, good friends and stuff. But uh, yeah, it was, yeah, cool getting Max, like, from... Uh, just a random Twitter post um, and glad it worked out and now yeah the band's been together now for like f- four years something like that like the same he's, live band he's very tight you can tell he's oh, a, thank you. He's, I've done it yeah, yeah. Uh, he's all started off with Tourette's by Nirvana yeah I did not expect that that was, cla- that no, was like did we, class we, rendition did you just, how did you decide these things before? I, um, I just really love that song and I was like do you want to open with Tourette's just is that the only time you've done it I think so. Yeah. We might have done it one more other one other time, but I think that might be the only time we did. I was like, yeah, we've got a a show. Do you want to just do? A How do you Havana pick cover? the set list? Are you obviously you've got to put like uh, hail the goat? Yeah. Um, is there anything? It's kind of yeah. Some sometimes it's like songs that you kind of almost need to put. You know, um, there's some songs on the record, especially um, 
Warlocks. Mm. Like my favourite Hellripper song is Mr. Sturworm. Okay. One of mine's as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I got the album, uh, like that week, because obviously I got the the tape and it came with the, the MP3. I went down to do a podcast in Leeds or something, and I came back. I was like falling asleep. I was like mm. so knackered. I was like an hour away from home. I need to keep myself awake. I put it on the album full blast. Great record. And it got yeah. to the end and. I don't know why, just that song just stood out, and the rest oh, of it cool. just kind of looped the song eight, yeah. all eight minutes of it, nice. like yeah. six or seven times. I messaged him like, just like <laughs> this, like what is this? Why, you know? what I mean, I yeah. take it that will never get played live because it probably lo- will. It you probably think, really? will. Um, we'll probably play everything at some point. I don't know when. Yeah. I mean, people want us to, but it's it really depends on um, like the way I see. Like I kind of almost see the studio and the live stuff as like almost separate bands. Like when I'm recording stuff, well, quite literally, because it's yeah, you're but one like, person. And just then, the way I yeah. approach things. So like I, on the studio and stuff, like I like to kind of layer stuff. And there's like, you know, sometimes like, there's like eight guitars going on at the same time, and there's acoustic guitars, and there's like three, four vocals. You don't tracks. do any backing tracks live, do you? No, 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 none of that. No. Yeah. And yeah, so that's ex- so I've got that. And then for live shows, I just I really like a rock and roll live show. Like my favorite. I just love a fast there rock and roll. There would be some bits, obviously, that would be acoustic guitar, but etc. Yeah. You'd have to so figure it really out something with that. If we had like a longer show, and so, because we've played like uh, Warlock's Grim, like the title song, and that's one of my favourite Hellripper songs. Yeah. But, you know, it's a slower song, it's a bit longer, it's... I have a Deceiver it, yeah. got put in the set list we are, yeah. for, uh, for Newcastle, I've seen. Um, Is it Newcastle? London. Got, so it was London, London right? Yeah. Okay, it was like, like two weeks ago. Got yeah. put in. I was like, yeah, it class. Was, it was cool. Yeah, that was. Uh, what? I wonder why did it take so long to to get that one in? Just because. Is that just uh, since we don't live near each other, we we don't rehearse. Right. So okay. we practice the kind of ones that you know, folk. Not the singles, but well, not the singles, I suppose. It, and then, like when the album came out and we were doing the show in Glasgow, that was our first. That was like a, the goat cult. Uh, yeah. yeah, so yeah, that was yeah. kind of like an album launch show, I guess. I think. Ah, the album came out two days later or something. Yeah, something yeah. like that. So we were like, and then we were like, yeah, we've got that, and then we're going to be doing some shows and stuff. So we'll, we need to add some new songs to the set list. So we learned, I think, three or four songs from the album, like we just kind of chose. And obviously, that was before the album came out, so I didn't know anyone's reaction to the the stuff other than the the single. So we picked four songs. Uh, I think it was the Knuckle of V, Goat Vomit. Uh, Warlock's Grim and then um, Poison Womb and we just played that we rehearsed them and played them and then yeah that's kind of been the stuff and then over time we've added more of the album songs we added I the Deceiver and we kind of like to change up the set every so often like we add and take away songs like we recently added Hex and Hat as well which is a song that every like it's probably most people said that's their favourite song from Affair. I was going to say, you're quite responsive to fans. Like, do you yeah. ever get, because obviously your discography is just getting bigger and bigger, mm. do you get folk asking first off of the first EP? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, or is there like anything, like, sorry, I'm just going off Bandcamp, I don't know if there's like any B-sides or demos you've like dropped in the past that no. some folk will have and they'll just like... There's a few like cover, like I covered uh, Iron Heads by Running Wild on the Black Arts EP, but it's only on the CD at the yeah. moment. So some people are like, oh, are you going to cover that? And I'm like, no. Um, <laughs> You're it was, it was just, <laughs> Yeah, it was just kind of fun to do. I think that's the only one. Um, is there anything that you want to play that you just can't quite figure out how you're all going to... Um, so, I mean, it's kind of stuff like that, like um, kind of pacing the show. Like I say, I want a rock and roll show. Like I, I really like a good hour of just fast balls to the wall, like no break. Like, that's like my favourite kind of thing. 
and sometimes it is necessary of course to add in like a slower song and stuff but I'm like I really I really just like being you're not called Hellripper for your fucking ballads yeah so I really like the the fact just doing fast non-stop so for example the title track like Warlocks it's like one of my favourite it's one of my favourite Hellripper songs but it's like it just means depending on the context if we're playing a 40 minute set it's a 7 minute slower song Mm -hmm. so it's like a quarter of the set taken up with a slow song I love the song it's one of my favourites but in that context it doesn't make sense if we're doing a longer set and we and you need a kind Crown of need break. a break as well in a sense as well like yeah you can that whole gig everyone was I don't like fucking, giving, I don't like giving the crowd I a break know, yeah, the, I know. like it's the <laughs> why should thing. you rest yeah yeah I, I, I do understand like people want a little bit of a break and stuff but I I just have too much fun just like kind of balls to the wall um like um 80, 86 89 metallica style just kind of <laughs> yeah. even though there was like the slow ones in there as well but like yeah it really depends on the context there's some songs that like hexanat we never played that for yeah ages even though loads of people wanted me because it's it's one of my least favorite ones on the album for whatever reason and i just didn't want to play it um did you know when you wrote warlocks that there was going to be the album name um, or did that did just kind of? I think so. I think yeah. I came up with the album name quite like. And the artwork as well. Do you? Sorry, who was the person that did the artwork for it? Uh, so it was Nightjar illustration. So right, okay. Uh, so do you send the artwork to the? Uh, sorry, the the music to them and let them go right run with it. So usually I do. Um, or for did like, you have an idea in your head? So for the past stuff I did, but this one was actually already done. It was already a painting. Yeah, the, uh, the fear of the poisons yeah. are beautiful with the red, like the the orange and the blue, just yeah. like a beautiful artwork. Yeah. So usually I send the the music and I'm like, this is the album title. Come up with whatever you want because I'm not an artist, like I'm not a a painter, illustrator, or whatever. So I'm not the most creative in that way. So then they come up with something and it's usually better than what just I would draw a horse, come right? With. Yeah, <laughs> run with. And then for warlocks, um, yeah, I I was just on, um, Nightjar Illustrations Facebook page because he's one of my favorite artists. And this, and he just posted this one. He said, "This is done, available to license." And it was almost exactly what I like wanted. I was like, "The colors, perfectly what I wanted." There's the big goat in the middle. It, a lot of the kind of actual bits in the painting, kind of. The goat is your thing now, eh? Like, yeah, that's, that's I know. something you, you probably won't be able to. It's like motorhead with snaggle to yeah, like you. I've got no problem. It yeah, was, no, no, in a good way. A, yeah, it was yeah. an accident. But was it? Basically, yeah. I just kind of wrote. Um, um, I can't. Remember, I think, it, yeah, I came up with the the kind of Motorhead tribute design, the Hell Ripper Scotland with the goat on it. Yeah, and then yeah, I done a song called All Hail the Goat. Just it's like, like an anthem. Kind yeah, of thing now, it was yeah. just kind of a a thing, and then people. That's your Ace of Spades. Yeah, and then people just kind of started associating the goat with Hell Ripper, even though every other band in the world has used goats. Yeah, ah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, and then it's just became I've became like the. I mean, I don't want to say we're the goat band, but like they associate Hellripper like with the obviously goat's got goat. a new word now with social yeah. media. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. But I mean, you've got other bands like I mean, so much good bands. I mean, you've just I mean, metal is just full of. I mean, even Bathory and Venom and stuff, the yeah. originators of which Hellrippers. Yeah, they show no mercy. Exactly, yeah. and then yeah, you've you've got I mean, goat stuff in like the war metal scene. Like goats are like the whole the whole thing. Um, but yeah, it's cool. It's kind of gave me an 
accidentally gave me like a mascot, I guess you could say. Like an image as well to work. Yeah, an image, yeah, it's yeah. It's good to have like something like the go to your thing, like Motorhead had yeah. the snaggle tooth day. I always go back to Motorhead for yeah. references. Yeah. But you know, you had the snack, you worked around it, you just listened to music and this is what it sounds like this time. Yeah. And now you've got the goat for it, this time, yeah. Exactly, and it's really cool because then people just turn up in goat masks. and uh, Somebody get, wore one, a big yeah, massive one. My yeah, favourite yeah. thing is that now it gives me a reason to wear a goat mask and like not show my face on social media. You know, like I hate, I don't like any image, like I don't like promo photos and all that kind of stuff. So if I can cover my face, I will. Do you want your thumbnail so, for the podcast to be you and a goat mask? I would have brought my goat mask if I... That's uh, true, we can, we can make that work, we can sort so, it. So, uh, yeah, so a lot of the times I just kind of, you know, if I'm just messing around, like I'll post videos on like playing guitar solos and I've got like the goat mask on just... Yeah. It's just a bit of fun and... Speaking of your image, by the way, you don't have any tattoos? No. That's just, uh, just yeah, like, for a, for a metal thing, it's yeah, I've not. very rare. In fact, I was at a gig last night, uh, who were we talking about in the car? Um, Benefits. Benefits, yeah. And the uh, singer was a punk guy, he, he uh, just looked like a total, he was like skinhead and I was like, yeah. he just didn't have any tattoos and it's mm. just weird for the scene yeah. that, like, especially the front man who's very vocal and yeah. aggressive, just with no tattoos. I, yeah. I don't know if that's just... No, I've I'm just, raped in them and yeah. all other folk are, but no, I've got, he just never had a never had the, the urge. Never had the urge. I mean, it's not worth the fucking yeah. pain. The other guys <laughs> in the live band, like Max, has got tattoos. Like uh, I think he's got a Rush tattoo and stuff like that. Clarky's got loads of uh, tattoos everywhere. Um, you do you get a lot of fan tattoos? That must be the most some, humbling thing ever. Yeah, and I seen somebody got all hail the goal yeah, yeah, yeah. on their chest yeah it's it's quite crazy yeah there's a few that's tattoos sore now, as well by is, the way yeah, the I chest can is horrendous I can to get imagine. done yeah there's a few people with tattoos and it's really that's that's like crazy that's like dedica- that's dedication yeah and yeah for that's, life that's, yeah I know yeah that's yeah it's really cool to see and then yeah it's yeah it's so cool to see that like like I say everything's just kind of came from me recording stuff in my parents house when I was 18 or whatever and snowballed into this where people want to get tattoos of the the goat artwork and stuff and yeah like going back to the mascot thing like it's cool having the goat as the mascot thing because you can put it in different contexts you know like it's like Eddie style from Iron Maiden yeah yeah, so you've exactly. got like, I mean, yeah you can do different yeah. renditions on it I suppose yeah exactly yeah. so you've got you know you, how you've got like Eddie like time travelling Eddie yeah you've uh, got him in a, a mental asylum yeah power slave Eddie uh, and he's that. a robot yeah so it's cool to have that you can kind of just almost put it into the any context you want just uh shove the goat head in there it's like like with the hell ripper scotland thing it was just taking the like a tribute to motorhead like um yeah big motorhead yeah. fan yeah more more so recently like when i started hell ripper i wasn't the biggest motorhead fan even though the hell ripper stuff sounds exactly like motorhead but i've always been a massive fan of like Ace of Spades, Overkill and stuff, and then any time I would ask someone, like a real Motorhead fan, like, they'd be like, recommend me a song, I want to get into Motorhead, they'd give me like a slow song, like, I, I can't even think, but like they would give me a song, like, uh, or maybe not slow, but something like Metropolis or something, you know, like... That's a good... Uh, yeah. yeah I it, thought you were going to be like, I don't know, like, God was never no, on yeah, your God, side, yeah. or Don't Let Daddy Kiss Me Yeah, or no, no, yeah. but like, uh, you know, metro- like, kind of, not slow, but like... Yeah, I, not... At the time yeah. I was into, like, thrash and... You listen to Burner? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I, I'm a massive yeah. like I know like all the Motorhead stuff now. Like I'm a massive fan of man, Motorhead, yeah. but like uh, another perfect the, a, the most underrated album. Yeah, of that's just, a good like, one. It's yeah. just very underrated to yeah. hell. So for me, yeah, another one was like uh, uh, I was like, all right, I need a Motorhead song. Someone recommended me like Orgasmatron, which I love the song, but yeah. 
when I'm into, I was into punk, I wanted fast, I wanted thrash, and then Orgasmatron's just a You heard self Futura's cover of it? I don't listen I have, to it. but I haven't. Yeah, it's not, it's not very good. Yeah. Orgasmatron, the speed it's at for the, for the vibe it gives... Mm-hmm. Needs to be at that, so yeah, yeah. But that's a beauty. That's another underrated. Um, yeah, again, probably the best artwork. Mm. Oh, with the train with the train. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Class. That's that's my favorite Motorhead album again because it's like Death Forever, Doctor Rock, yeah, and Riding Claw, the Driver yeah. and stuff like that. The just soul and fast, that, yeah, just the fast punk stuff. So when yeah, when I discovered the Hell, uh, the Hell, the Motorhead. See, that's how much I sound like Motorhead. I'm confusing. <laughs> um, when I discovered like the Motorhead's like faster songs, I was like, yeah, this is exactly what I was. You know, this is exactly the stuff I want. This is exactly the stuff I like. Why, why are you people recommending me, like, more mid-paced, bluesy stuff when, like, I've said my favourite bands are, like, Toxic Holocaust and stuff like that. You so, got a favourite album? Uh, uh, yeah, Orgasmatron. Orgasmatron, um, okay, fair enough, yeah. Then, yeah, probably Ace of, yeah, probably Ace of Spades. Um, but, I mean, they all sound the same. For, well, for the most part, you've got, like, the... They do mostly sound the same, come on. Well, that was a good podcast. I'll just get his deleted swipe done. <laughs> nah, you know what I mean. Like they've all, I do, they've yeah, all got I their, do, yeah. Their, From a massive fan, I can like, yeah. I don't know, I can put them on the sections in terms of like, right, that was that you know, that was that. Oh era. no, of course you can do that, but it's, yeah. it's similar to like ACDC. You're like, they all sound the same. They but do. Yeah, they all yeah. sound. They've all got yeah. their own. They never changed thing. their style. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah, they all yeah. got the same style. So you know what you're getting with. Yeah. It's like a lot of bands, like say Modern Day Cannibal Corpse. I don't. They don't sound the same, but you know what you're getting. You yeah. know, like. So, if you're a fan of Motorhead or you're a fan of like ACDC, you're not going to be too disappointed with, with their new yeah, album. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, if you're, um, <clears throat> I know you've said you covered the catalogue. You you listen to We Are Motorhead properly. That's probably one of the most underrated, overlooked. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's for, a lot of that is like short punky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, see so, me like I think the older Lemmy got the, the like fast. Yeah. It's almost like he, I don't know if it's my take on it but it's like right, I'm getting older I've got to speed up yeah. folk are going to think I'm like, I'm not lame anymore like yeah. I really like uh, Motorizer as well that oh, was like that a, was my first Motorhead album yeah, yeah I think that was probably the album that was like Run Around Man yeah. lyrically is like it's a mindfuck yeah. of it. it's just like very it's, cleverly written words yeah so yeah I mean yeah like I said I'm a massive Motorhead fan and got more so over the years when I listened to their stuff properly like um I yeah. really want to do a side podcast. <laughs> Motorhead comes into every podcast. So I just bring it up. I bring it up, mm-hmm. and I was getting to the point. Where I actually want to start like a side podcast and just chatting to an artist yeah. about an album by Motorhead. So yeah. if that comes up, you're getting a shout. Yeah, like. you should give a, a, our live guitarist Joe. He's a he's a massive Motorhead fan. Is he? He was class. he was kind of like when I got him in the band. He, I knew he was like oh, I like Motorhead and Metallica. I was like perfect. Like yeah, yeah. you'll fit. But yeah, we want to. I mean. We want to do. I've had a plan to do something like go to her head, but um, <laughs> class. I don't know if it's gonna like like an. E- it was an, an idea ages ago about like um. What do like an EP of just like not co- Hellripper covers, not covers, but like Motorhead yeah, style songs, yeah. kind of. But then, I mean, we already sound like Motorhead, but like proper Motorhead worship. Mm-hmm. But then Midnight done the thing with the the, uh, the White Speed. So did they? Yeah, Midnight just released an album as White Speed. And it's just like ten songs of Motorhead sounding oh, stuff. That, right. So it, it's it's really good. Um, but they done that, and I was like, everyone everyone already accuses me of copying Midnight, so I don't want to. That's another thing. But I might just do it anyway. Yeah, um, fucking right, man. Um, but yeah, so yeah, 
Yeah, Goaterhead's cut. I never actually thought of that. There, yeah, yeah Goaterhead. Or we could just do um, like a Motorhead cover set in the Goat Masks or I something think you should, like man. that. Uh, that'd be fun. Even just a wee cover. Yeah. You do a cover most gigs, do you not? Yeah, yeah, I think. Have we covered Motorhead? No, I don't think we covered Motorhead before. Um, but we used to do loads of cover. We used to just do like different covers every show, like cover Motley Crue once, which is an absolute disaster. Um, Why? What happened? If, if you listen to Hellrapper, you'll notice the. The vocal style's a bit different. Oh, yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's that's a given. But so's Nirvana. So yeah, no, nah, Tourette's is a bit shouty, like yeah. punky yeah. kind of that. Whereas, uh, yeah, this was this was uh, just an an excuse. Um, did you sing it in the style of Hellripper, or did you try and? Oh, it was Vince Neil style. It was it was a disaster. <laughs> but it was like for fun. Is there footage? No, I don't think so. Uh, maybe there is, but I mean, it was just it was like a local fun gig. It might have been a Halloween gig or something. I can't yeah. remember. We were like, oh, well, let's do a, a Motley Crue cover for a laugh. And it was just like, uh, yeah, it sounded awful, but it was funny. Um, we used what to cover. Song uh, I think it might have been Livewire. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it might have been Livewire we covered. I can't remember, but it was, it was funny. It was awful, but it was fun. If you watched it, you would have either loved it because it was so ridiculous or thought, what is going on? This is the worst thing I've ever heard. Did you start with it? No, no, we oh, didn't. Right, yeah. yeah, we covered Whiplash loads. We covered... You had more his Whiplash. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Arguably uh, yeah. better. I wouldn't say that. Metallica are my favourite, oh, so enough, uh, yeah. I'm I'm biased in that. Uh, yeah, we covered uh, Ranger, Storm of Power by Ranger. Um, yeah, Nirvana, Tourette's. Covered Tank a few times, which is really cool. Um, yeah, what else did we cover? Yeah, we've done Necrophobic by Slayer. Um... Yeah, sometimes we're just kind of shoving a cover. We're like, yeah, let's uh, Run learn it, something. Yeah. yeah, it kind of gives us a bit, adds a bit something, uh, something a bit different to the show, and sometimes it's it's fun. It, again, depending on the context of the gig, it's usually, yeah, if it's a headline show or something, you're more acceptable to do a, a thingy rather than if you've got like a thirty minute set at the start of the day. I don't want to really do a cover. Like, nah. uh, <laughs> yeah, we've done. A few of them. We'll probably cover Motorhead at some point. To be fair, I'm gutted I can't go to the show on the twenty fifth. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm. I've just. I've taken ten days off to do like these. I'm doing like four podcasts this oh, week okay. and a uh, bunch of gigs and tattoo sittings. So uh, next Saturday is like the kind of first week of uh, Christmas shit in my work. No, okay, I kind of yeah. got on something gutted because yeah, you and Mulch is yeah a good lineup. I think it'll be cool. I yeah. think it'll be fun. Um, just a yeah. few more wee things. Uh, hey, yeah. Well. Tie on, not tie on time, but like we'll just. Do you want a refill, James? No, I'm okay. I'm okay. We'll just uh, a couple more daffy questions. Uh, you know the uh, Warlock Sam. You get the Japanese version. You got a cop. Do you get like copies of all your things? Yeah, I, I only I got them like last week. Because that's that's cool. I I love the Obi versions of things. Mm-hmm. That must be quite like mad yeah. that that's on a shelf other side of the world. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, the Japanese version. If I did, somebody get sent. Did somebody send you? Or? Yeah, Peaceville sent it because it's done through a different label. So like, I um I can't remember the label, but they licensed it from Peaceville, and then Peaceville sent me a few copies of it. Um, and I believe it's got I re-recorded um an older track, Mephistophelian Dreams, for a Peaceville compilation like last year or two years ago or something, and that's a bonus track on the album, and I think it can only be found on the album or on the peaceful compilation and it's just yeah an older track like re-recorded in the the same time as warlocks really it was kind of while i was writing warlocks so kind of it sounds cool and it's something a bit different like 
um, for that version and yeah, it's mad when I see the album for sale anywhere. Like you go into HMV or something. And then HMV. Yeah, something like that. It's just you know we weird just because it's where I used to go every week and buy albums and stuff. So it's yeah, it's everything about what's everything about Hell Ripper. It's just weird seeing like like speaking to bands that I grew up listening to or. I was gonna say, like, do like you? That. You said you got a few friends around here that are in, like mm-hmm. bands you used to listen to back yeah. in the day. But is there anything? Uh, you ever has anyone watched your sh- watched your set or came up to you after a show that you've admired over the years or listened to yeah. a lot of stuff and like or even sent you a message being like yeah your album's sick is that yeah something? yeah it's been yeah it's crazy when that happens I don't want to I don't want to like name oh no no don't bother so, but yeah but I mean just for example Gamma Bomb we've toured with them and I became friends with the guys and I speak with um, them regularly and we toured with them last year and. I grew up listening to Gamma Bomb. They were one of the first thrash bands, like I mentioned earlier, like the new wave of thrash happened as I was getting into music. So I, getting into metal. So I grew up listening to Gamma Bomb and then we got to tour with them and then becoming friends with them. And it's, it's, yeah, it's weird to think of. And bands like Midnight, we've toured with them. Um, Warbringer, just bands that we, like just mentioned bands that we've toured with because it's like, um, just, doing anything with yeah just anything that it's just so weird just these bands that i'm a massive fan of grew up listening to have influenced hell ripper um and obviously the mighty terrorists yeah (laughs) and then we've um yes it's just (laughs) so it's just yeah it's just it's just mad being in this scene and speaking to people that i'm a fan of myself and stuff like that it's just weird and you know, as you play like festivals and stuff, you meet people, and as you play more shows, you meet people and stuff. So I've met, yeah, people that I'm a massive fan of and stuff, and it's um, really cool when they're nice. Like got the guy, like, for, again, the guys in Gamma Bomb, for example, like the nicest, most accommodating guys ever, and we had a great time with them last last year on tour. And so always so, good oh. at your like the gig tour notes as well. Like I don't know if it's just an all around metal thing, but there's not as many like one of my pet peeves is phones at gigs. It's okay, not yeah. it's not as nearly as prominent at metal shows, especially okay. I noticed at your one. Is that something you've noticed? Um, I, I don't. When I'm on stage, I don't really see the odd like the lights yeah. are usually in my eyes and yeah, stuff, and I'm yeah. usually try to run about and stuff. So I don't really notice any. F- like if I see the audience, I don't really notice any yeah. phones. And there's and usually stuff. just a lot of violence going on in front of you, and that's the yeah. best thing for it. Yeah. So, but I'm, for phones at gigs, I don't really as long as you're not annoying anyone else i don't really care what you're doing like if you're using because it gets used to promote the band like share on instagram and stuff and oh, it's got its perks and sometimes. sometimes you get a really good set filmed and it's on youtube really good stuff like that so i don't really care about phones and gigs as long as you're not like blocking other people pissing other people off and stuff like that so i mean enjoy the gig the way you want to enjoy the gig as long as you're not yeah pissing anyone else yeah. off really i think that's yeah, if anyone comes to a gig, thank you for coming to a gig. Like, yeah. Couple of daffy questions. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything that you've released that, um, like merch-wise, that you don't have that you wish you'd kept, or something that's like you've lost, or is there anything like, oh, this was like ten made and I never kept one, I sold I, it, or I don't really keep anything. Do you not? Um, I'm I'm just not that kind of person, like. I've kept some stuff, like I kept some stuff at the beginning because I thought this is cool, but then as I started re- releasing more stuff and all that... You'd rather somebody who rather really s- wanted it 
yeah got to i'd rather someone that yeah because like there's like loads of stuff i still find that i just completely forgot about you know like i'll find a box and i'm like oh these whatever t-shirts like i've got one or two like t-shirts that i found i'm like wow i forgot about these like from five years ago or something so it's a lot of the time you know i forget that i've got it so i'd rather just if someone wants it it'll be put to good use someone will actually like it um stuff like that like i've got people people have got better catalogs than me of the hell repers i don't i almost keep nothing like um i don't have any well now i do because i've got stock but like i didn't have any of my album on like my of my albums i didn't have any you don't keep a vinyl or anything no no um but now I, I do the biggest cool thing for me if yeah. i was in a band like having a, a physical 12 inch yeah. with like you know what I mean? Like yeah. a um, year and a half's worth oh, of work. Yeah, it's cool. But uh, I bet it's a done when you first get them before you like. I don't know if you like sign yeah. them before you release them or something. Yeah, like I, opening that first box. Yeah, oh, it's cool getting the stuff and it it looks cool and all that. But I just it it'd be more used to someone else than me because I'm not gonna listen. Yeah. To my own stuff and all that. So you've spent a year and a half torturing yourself. Exactly. Over it. <laughs> so I yeah, I've got people that have got like the test presses and stuff. So if I need anything, I can kind of ask them. You yeah. know, like. Um, got a few fans that collect stuff and i'm like i forgot we even did that and yeah like shout out to uh, my man ben who is ridiculous he's got almost everything hell rippers is he a, like, a fan that yeah, you know, yeah yeah um he's got like everything he's you know like and he asks me he's like oh do you remember you did this and i'm like oh no i completely forgot about that and he's like oh look i just got this tape on this label and i'm like oh, i completely forgot that's that. class um and he's like he's got the test presses and stuff he but he's got the test presses from labels and stuff that i've never i don't even have and it's it's really cool um yeah big shout out to ben massive supporter of the band Help, i appreciate that that's lot. the kind of thing um, i do i collect a lot of yeah. like old stuff i love it's like a total done finding something yeah you should, I've, I've had a few interactions with musicians and I've shown them it, and like, where the fuck did you get this? I've not yeah. seen this since like 2006. Yeah, something like that. And it's like a cool thing. And yeah. like nobody knows these songs, and fucking the band doesn't even mind doing yeah. them. This kind of thing. So. Yeah, so I'm not a big collector of stuff. I I've got CDs and stuff, but it's not like any. It's just transferring on CDs. Yeah, I don't like <laughs> go out for um. You know, I don't want first editions and all yeah, that. Yeah. It's just like I've got a big CD collection of albums that i like but you also feel that your, are... your fans get physicals too because obviously that helps you i mean mm. you mostly do things through Bandcamp, which is your yeah. preferred platform because yeah. obviously more money goes to you yeah uh, but i think in the metal scene when the, the rock scene whatever physical copies are what keep us al- like keep it alive and yeah. i always make sure to buy physicals of everything yeah. i always buy my music of itunes and Bandcamp and that yeah the, i mean streaming's got its perks but yeah it's things like Bandcamp that keep you in a full-time job yeah it, yeah. Re- it yeah and it's different for everyone of course like some it depends on a band's deal with their labels or mm-hmm. or or the amount of or how much they pay for their stock and stuff so it depends on each band but yeah physical stuff is a big help like physical cds and stuff t-shirts and cds vinyl all that stuff is like the main like anything from like the the merch stores um like the official merch stores like um in my case at least help a lot for me and i assume for most other bands as well um but um yeah it different stores and stuff depend like it depends on royalty rates and um royalty rates and a band's deal with a label a band's um profit margin there um 
you know, the different deals they've agreed they might not get anything from a certain store um, for whatever reason. Um, so it depends on each different band um, just what, um, where they make money. Um, but yeah, that's definitely, in most cases, I'd say merch and all that stuff is the primary income from most What's bands. Your yeah. yeah, but I mean, every tiny bit helps. Like, I mean, as much as a bad rep spot, Spotify and stuff get, Spotify helps a lot, um, stuff like that. Um, downloads and stuff help and um, yeah. And if a band, for example, like an independent band, like if you buy it, if you sit, for example, on Bandcamp, if you buy a band, an independent band's, or depending on their deal, whatever, um, just want to make it clear that not all deals are the same, not all bands have the same workings and all that. But if you buy something, say for Bandcamp, you buy a digital album on Bandcamp from a band, like say a tenor, that's basically a full profit to that band unless they've got an agreement with their label where they get like, Sex pains, yeah, yeah, whatever. So, and then that's, you know, so a, a digital album or something like that could be like nine pounds, like pure profit because there's no middleman. Yeah, there's no, uh, yeah, other than the band camp fees and there's no like sending stock. There's no, you know, there's no like loss on it. There's no product to sell. It's just the, the download of the album. So sometimes that helps so a lot. It's always better on Bandcamp too. So you get the lyrics, you get like certain different yeah. artworks, etc. And yeah. there's more. So then you get the inlay with it essentially. So mm -hmm. you get all the thanks and all the yeah. Like, what I like, else, yeah. What I like about Bandcamp, the way I use it is that um, they've got all their um, customs numbers and stuff for sending stuff abroad. Like sending stuff to uh, e the EU now from the UK has been made 10 times harder over the past couple of years for for reasons um, and we'll in uh yeah Bandcamp have got like uh I'm getting into like boring stuff now but like Bandcamp have got like these numbers that kind of get around some of these problems and extra charges that people might um be faced with when buying um stuff from overseas and like EU stuff from the UK especially or that's that's what I know you know it used to be very easy then now you need to fill in about 50 numbers and yeah. make sure it's done this way and make sure this is attached to the parcel. And um, yeah, Bandcamp help with a lot of the logistics side in that and making their, uh, avoiding some costs for the customers, like which is what I appreciate and what helps a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just uh, quickly to finish up, is there anything you want to like, say is there anything no not fuck that man like is there anything like that you've got like coming up that you want to like plug or anything or is there anything coming up in the future anything um yeah just i guess keep an eye on the hell ripper um social media pages like uh, tour dates and all that stuff standard issue, yeah. That. yeah we've got a tour coming up in europe with abbott and toxic holocaust in january february we've got a show in ireland on the 29th of december we've got a show in edinburgh Oh, the they'll be tour. done. This yeah. is like February. Hang oh, this is February. This. Yeah, okay, yeah. so we've just done a tour with Abbott and Holocaust. <laughs> it went, uh, it went, it went well or not well. You can edit whichever one you want there. We covered <laughs> insert band. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I've got no idea. Um, after that, just planning summer stuff. Um, Do you reckon be writing twenty twenty four Christmas time ish for a summer twenty five twenty five? release is that uh, what year is it now it's 23, 23 yeah 23, so yeah. Uh, 25 will probably be the new album release yeah. I hope 
if everything goes well. Um, and any arguments you have with yourself? Yeah, because that is very likely to happen. So, um, yeah, it should be out 2025 if all goes well. But, yeah, like I say, next year is quite busy, so I need a lot, uh, a lot of time is taken up with touring and stuff like that. So... But I should have time to write stuff. I mean, yeah, like you say, it depends how long, how much arguments I take. It depends how many times I delete the album and start again, all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, just keep an eye on the social medias. You'll see what I'm doing. You're um, very active. Yeah, very active on them there, and yeah, just see what I'm saying, announcing. Because yeah, usually stuff comes up kind of quickly, and then it gets announced. So half the stuff that will happen next year probably hasn't been decided yet, yeah. <laughs> as, it, as it even came up yet so yeah you've been here for two hours so you've probably got about 40 emails waiting for you when you yeah. turn your phone back on yeah probably <laughs> yeah no i'll be fine i've been to the post office today so all orders have been sent and uh yeah should be fine well, that's fine <laughs> oh james generally thank you uh i hope your first in-person podcast has been worthy it was great man thank you so no much for, thank you. for any interest in having me <laughs> nah class speaking right. about shit Nah, definitely. Uh, you're going to get a call if I do a Motorhead one. I'd love fair to talk enough, about our Gasmatron with you. Yeah, man. Sitting dissect riding with a driver with you. Fair <laughs> enough, man. Yeah, I'd love to cover riding with a driver. I think we spoke about it. We'll get onto that a different time. That'll yeah. be for the Motorhead. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> Same, man. Right, thank you. <laughs>